Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Hey, what? Yeah, no ad. Uh, no official sponsor to this episode. This is the 400th episode. What? Can you believe it? No, it seems like we just did the 300th. We did. That's Remember? Crazy. Well, that was a year ago. Ish. No, it was like two years ago. Two years ago. Holy moly! I don't know how time passes. Uh, so, welcome everybody. I'm so honored and pleased that we've uh, made it this far. That you guys have been listening this long and. Obviously, it goes without saying, but, you know, 400th episode, I will say it. People come up and say that this podcast means something to them, and I always say the same thing. It means a lot to me as well. People say they learn things, and I say I learn things. That's, that's what it is. It's nourishing. It's, it's mutually beneficial. I get to do it. We all get to listen. Uh, and this is Jay Duplass. And it's funny, we, we have a bunch of choices uh, of episodes to release, but Jay, like his brother Mark... Uh, which was an amazing episode, is an amazing episode. <laughs> is that clear? Yeah. I came home, Val will tell you. Why would I lie? I came home and was just like, it was incredible. I, this is the perfect 400th episode because this is, in my mind, what a You Made It Weird can be. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's effortless, it's silly, it's deep, it's fulfilling, uh, and funny, and I don't know, thoughtful. What are the words we use? I loved it. And I love J. Duplass. I love everything he's doing and everything he's done. How are both of the Duplasses so effing magical? I know. We were like, we need to have their parents on. Because I want, I want tips to ra- yeah. raising Duplasses. Because they're, they're magical dudes. Um, and so, as I always say, why wouldn't I say it on the 400th? Let's get to it as quickly as possible. And as I mentioned, there's no sponsor. You can still use Squarespace. They're just not sponsoring this episode. But please, do use Squarespace. Yeah. That's just a free shout-out because they're, they're good to us. And then uh, the old Pete's Picks, our products, we're actually we're not in town. We're in a hotel if you can hear the ocean behind us. Because as mentioned in this episode, Val was a little low, a little low, so we're going to throw her in the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just let me die. <laughs> <laughs> no! We're going to let Gaia's frigid womb wrap herself around you. Yep. But uh, we are taking kind of like a mental health day, and uh, which is wonderful to be able to do. I lost my damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my no, god! I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> you, you, you'ma be okay. I'm gonna be okay. You'll be okay. So uh, anyway, Pete's picks. <laughs> yes. No, these are wonderful. I took Pete's. I, t- I took my Pete's picks in the drive down here. Uh, Alpha Brain being the one that I'll mention first. Alpha Brain is a nootropic. It's like food for your brain. It's not a stimulant. It's earth-grown ingredients that help me and lots and lots and lots of other people who swear by it think, concentrate, communicate, and in my case, drive. I was feeling a little foggy. Remember, I was like, I'm just feeling foggy. Mm -hmm. Threw in a couple of Alpha Brain right there in the car, always in my driver's side door, right next to the other one, which we'll get to. But let's give Alpha Brain its due. Uh, it's like I said, it's not like ca- caffeine. It doesn't keep you up. It doesn't make you jittery. It's just food for your ideas, for your creativity. Anything I do that involves my noggin 
reading, studying, I guess you'd call it if you're in school. When you're out of school, you just call it reading, uh, writing, podcasts, stand-up. Honestly, I'll take some just before a date to, to make sure. Remember when Emily Gordon and Kumail were like, if this is a... I probably said this yeah. recently. Yeah. If this was a first date, would there be a second? Right. Even though it's not a first date. So I'll take it. Stay sharp with me. I'm whip smart. <laughs> You're whip smart. You're cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> uh, so Alpha Brain, I take it. I swear by it. I always have a couple in my pocket. Get it. Just get it. Try it. What have you got to lose? I mean, that's right. a fair. <laughs> is that a good? That's a good slogan for any product. <laughs> Coca Cola. What have you got to lose? <laughs> but Alpha Brain's wonderful. Go to onit o n n i t dot com slash weird. You'll get ten percent off your purchase. You can do that as many times as you want. They also have MCT oil, other things we've talked about on that site. And then we got uh, Charlotte's Web, which is my happy juice. It's my little secret weapon when I'm feeling, especially like if we go home and visit my parents or something. Mm-hmm. Take a couple drops of alpha, uh, alpha bread <laughs> of Charlotte's Web mint chocolate every day advance. I just take literally a couple drops. Just makes me smile a little bit easier. Lets me relax into the moment a little bit easier. A little bit quicker to laugh, faster to smile, relaxed, wonderful for travel, wonderful for aches, pains, headaches. Sometimes I put on, they have a topical cream that I'll put on. I got this weird thing on my hand, I'll rub that in there, relieves pain. They got all sorts of products and they're all made from hemp, but that sounds like it's weed. They take out THC. It's the same plant, but they take out the THC part, which is the psychoactive. Is that the right word? Psychoactive Mm -hmm. part. And uh, leaves just the CBD part, which is like the body stuff. The first time I smoked pot, I was like, I wish there was a way to take all of the intoxicant out of this and just sort of have that beneficial glow that it gives you, that feeling of well-being. And that's what Charlotte's Web is. I recommend Everyday Plus or Everyday Advanced. Uh, If you get Everyday, it might be a little too weak to even notice, but it's still good to take. Uh, Wonderful for everything. I love it. I swear by it. I always have it. Uh, go to CW, like Charlotte's Web, cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code Keep It Crispy to get 10% off your purchase. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm so glad that this episode is as wonderful uh, as, as it was because it's the perfect way to uh, commemorate the 400th episode. And I'm honored, like I said at the top, I'm honored that you guys are here, that you're listening. <laughs> I know you have to listen to this long ass intro. But we've been listening to the Todd Glass show, and he does these long intros, and I love them. So we're going to be relaxed. Yeah, also a free plug for the Todd Glass show. That's right. (laughs) And he needs a band that's played together before. A drummer and a pianist. A drummer and a pianist. Email Todd Glass Comedy if you're going to be in Portland. (laughs) Is it Portland? I I don't know. Or Denver. Look, he always needs a keyboard and a, and a guitarist, so just email him. Uh, that's it, guys. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. This has been such a journey, and it will continue to be a wonderful journey, and I'm so glad we're sharing it together. You know what? I'd apologize for sounding like Mr. Rogers, but who's better than Mr. Rogers? I know. I'm glad to be sharing this with you. Thank you. To 400 more. Enjoy Day day Duplass. Day Duplass. <laughs> Enjoy Jay Duplass. Valerie, would you please... Say, you have two things that you say. What's the first one is... Oh, ZipRecruiter. Yeah, and then you say... <laughs> Get into it! 400, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. <laughs> Get into it. <laughs> Lawrence. That is I. 
Lawrence. L- Lawrence J. I am here. The son of the Lawrence, the grandfather, the grandson of the Lawrence. And you're Lawrence. And the father of the Lawrence. Wait, what? You, you, one of your sons is a Lawrence? We're recording. Is that I okay? have a Lawrence son, yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. How old is baby Lawrence? Baby Lawrence is almost six years old. <laughs> Lawrence Sam Duplass. He goes by Sam. Just like you. Yeah. Lawrence yeah. J. Duplass. Yeah. And you go by J. Three letters. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, three letters, and I'm going to pick those. Yeah. We don't I mean, We don't really fall far from the tree. <laughs> we. It's not broke. We don't, it's not broken. Don't fix. Uh, uh, don't fix. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you don't name him Lawrence, you will be struck down. <laughs> Is that true by Papa Lawrence? Um... Wait, is that real? No, it's not kind real, but it's kind of real. It's kind of it's kind of like what can you do? Well, you Wait, kind of have your to do dad it. Dad wants you to continue the tradition? I think so. Okay, I'm feeling two feelings. Mm-hmm. One that your dad is in, <laughs> that involved in your life that he would want like I, I think it's kind of sweet. It's very sweet. And yeah. also there's part of me that's like no, no, no. There's no escape. <laughs> no way. No you gotta, escape. But you got to like stop. It ends with you. We're not going to do. But you didn't. You did. You I thought it. about it ending with me. And then I was just like, um, <laughs> I got to do this. Because you can, you can really, if you, if you restart it and, and, and break the mold, yeah. great. You did that. But like, what victory is that really? That's like a really kind of like a sad victory. What's your dad's argument? That it's no zoomed argument. out. That it's like a clan. That it's like a bunch of Lawrence men. This is how our family works. Is um, is Mark Lawrence Mark? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's probably why he's like freer and more liberated than Dude, I am. My my older brother. Yeah, John. My father, John. Yeah, I had the Mark thing where I'm like. Oh, you don't want like you feel it. You go. Yeah. You don't want me. Oh yeah. I'm not your I'm number not one of the lineage. Exactly. It's biblical. <laughs> it's biblical. It's Jacob shit. and Esau. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm sure I mentioned Jacob and Esau with Mark because I felt that that's the yeah. Bible story for me where I was a tent dwelling kid and mm. my brother was hairy and more manly mm. and my dad uh, seemed to bond with him more mm. and I bonded with mom more. But you're the older brother yeah. and you did get the name. You got that. Yeah. That. But I'm blessing. the mom guy and Mark's the dad guy. So. Oh, it flipped. It flipped. It didn't work. But that's why that's why the Italians do, you know, first son. First son is father and second son is grand grandfather. Oh, is that right? Or is it the opposite? Yeah, they flip they, they they do that. They Oh, goes grandfather father. Mhm. Ah. And they flip it so that there's like you know, well, the the wasps are just freestyling. They're just free. They're just <laughs> we, doing we have no, but that there's something to it. You, so uh, that tradition, saying uh, this is what Italians do. I have simultaneous yeah. envy and also like a little bit of that, like, well, that's just archaic. Because don't you yeah. feel put upon? I always thought that my brother, completely projecting, yeah. never asked the fella if he felt put upon that his name. Like I want to. We love Joseph Campbell. Yes, yeah. we love. I know Joseph we love Ramdas. We love. Yes, we love Ram Joseph Dass. Campbell. Here are a couple names I've considered. Uh, Alpert. That was Alpert is a great name. Campbell. Campbell's a great name. But uh, Richard Alpert is. Yes. Uh, I'm telling the listeners; they probably know is Ramdas's uh, given name. Yeah. But then I'm like, what does that say to the kid? You're loading him with your. You're kind of loading a kid with, <laughs> loading with bullets. Yeah. You're loading him. All right. So so we just started this podcast, so I'm just going to get into it even deeper, and I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to my wife 
if I'm revealing things that that she's not comfortable with, but I'm pretty sure she would be. Um, so I'm circumcised. Yeah. Let's just start with that. <laughs> and now we can move on. Move on. <laughs> no. Can I tell okay, you, so, Val and I want to have kids. Yes. This is, I couldn't be more interested. Okay. I'm circumcised. Yes. We have a friend whose baby was circumcised and the mother deeply regrets it. Yes. I I don't I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please. Okay. I couldn't be more riveted. So here we go. <laughs> um You know, us being liberated um uh, per- practitioners of the far west. I feel like California, you know, we're sort of like the far reaches of Western civilization over here. We're, we're as far west as you can go. We're as far west as you can go. And we're <laughs> sort of like reinventing everything, right? Yeah. And so um, my son, before my son was born, we had many debates over whether to circumcise him or not. What was your wife's position? Um, we both are very similar, and we were both like, why are we going to circumcise him? That's ridiculous. Um, that it's, <laughs> this is like naming your son Lawrence. Uh, it's, it is. It's very similar to the Lawrence Except it's thing. on your penis. Except it's on your penis. And except <laughs> it's a brutal. It's brutal. Thing it's blood to and do. screaming. It's insanity. It's insane. We're like, we're like angry at Bedouins for doing clitorectomies, and we're chopping all of our son's dicks off. Yes. It's insane. It is. It's totally insane. It so, is. I, ooh, yep. <laughs> it's a, I think there are some cultures that do, Joseph Campbell style, do a circumcision later yes. in life. And it's to bridge the boyhood to man. At least yeah. the pain has a purpose. The you know pain what I'm has saying? a purpose. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not defending that. I'm yeah. just saying their thing is like sending a kid into a cave or right. to fight a wolf or something. But yes, there's like you're some like, kind you're a man of now, bleed. curation and... Um, Energy, positive energy directed towards the child in terms of helping the child develop. This is right, a, like scaring a, you on purpose. Scaring you on purpose, right. exactly. Yeah. This is not that. This is just a this eight, is eight, just eight day like old baby. A bunch of grown ups chopping a kid's dick off because <laughs> <laughs> they feel like they need to chop a dick off. They they are spooked and they want to chop a dick off. Let's talk about it because is that going to be a problem? It sounds like white noise, doesn't it? I think yeah, we turned it off last time. Do you mind? Oh no, I don't mind at all. Do you know how? I don't know how. Uh, it might just be the actual ace heater or AC downstairs. Let me try it. Hold on. Pause. It sounds like a ghost. It sounds like a ghost. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah Sorry, Jay. The air right? I think we we sweated it out last time. Yeah. So, uh, or just let. You can. Are you circumcised? <laughs> We were just keep recording. We were just talking about how you're not enough because I've been loving the Todd Glass show, and you are often featured on the Todd Glass show. And I know you, and I know that you're not a showboat. But are you? <laughs> are you? You don't have to tell me. <laughs> you know, for a long time, I was for a long time I wasn't sure because I was like, you weren't sure. I was like, I don't know. What's the difference? Like, is that one circumcised or is this one circumcised? And I right, uh, and then I realized one day I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. You are. I don't know. That's why I was like. I mean, I guess this looks like a scar. <laughs> you yeah. all have scars on her dicks. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? What is this? The Lion King? <laughs> We're talking about Aristotle's dick. If you had a son, would you do it? You don't know. I'm not sure. I've watched myself. I love how backwards and weird we are hello i'm sure it'll kick off thank you so much appreciate it talking about penis scars 
Aristotle said he wasn't sure if he's circumcised, but he does have a scar, so he is. Wow. It's just a nibble. <laughs> Which some moils used to use their mouths. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was uh, living nibble. in New York, I remember there was a big scandal where a moil had accidentally given a boy... Uh, a boner? Herpes? Oh, no. Yeah. Worse than... I mean, I don't know which... Yep. Are we going... Oh, this is what we're this talking what about. This is we're talking about at 9 a.m. Okay. Can I keep going with this <laughs> yes. sound back here? Okay. We're fine. Right. People know that that's going to cut off. All right, guys, it's going to cut off. <laughs> Just like a foreskin okay <laughs> boom <laughs> sorry i just couldn't help i am riveted please okay I can't, and by the way please as a storyteller yeah delay what you decided with your son as long as okay, you can let's delay I am like, we're gonna hold this you foreskin have <laughs> i have you, you by have, the foreskin you have me by the foreskin <laughs> i am there like i'm the whole theater is leaning forward like what yes. did you do i can't wait because you are and your wife and you, you were saying. Yes. Well, I am, you know, I grew up, we, Mark and I grew up in New Orleans, very Catholic, and we're, it's so Catholic that we're in the sort of biblical traditions. Like, everyone that I know and grew up with and went to Catholic schools with was circumcised. Um, and Because um, that's part of it. When you consider it, don't you go, it's like, I don't even know if people shower together in locker, I didn't, but you go like, well, the locker room. Like we the dick did. needs to look like the other dicks. Yeah, yeah, we did in the locker rooms. Oh, you did. But the yeah, I guess foreskins would have really um, would have really been something something. Well, even more. I mean, the size differences and the hair differences. You know, because when I was thirteen, I was what they call a bald eagle, and there was like <laughs> you know, like my Greek friend was like had hair in his back. Oh you know what I mean? And God. I was just you know he had like a six inch flaccid penis, and oh. I was. I was still like wielding a baby dick, basically. Yeah, the bald eagle. <laughs> I had the baby bald Ooh, eagle. Baby bald yeah. eagle, the size of a bald eagle's beak, <laughs> basically. It's just like jutting out a little curve. It was curve. really just like you're looking at your buddy, and you're just like, we're not even the same. I know. We're not the same animal. I remember <laughs> the night my pubes came in, and I was having a sleepover where my friend was sleeping in my bed because <laughs> I, I did that too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was the weird. Exactly. Like, and oh, that friend, that. Uh, I found out later. Not circumcised. All comes back. Wow. But I remember being like, why is my pubis area so itchy? I didn't know it was a yeah. pubis area. Yeah. I was like, I am. I probably just told him. I was like, I'm so itchy. <laughs> he probably had pubes and knew the score. And I'm like, thought I had a rash of some sort. So you just like, it was just a quick explosion of pubes. I remember like they're needing, uh, like a wild animal. Uh -huh. They're needing to be like an itching phase. And then the pubes started, like a chia pet. That was the, that was the <laughs> yes. watering. You need to scratch the surface. <laughs> I got it. Bring it forth. I aerated it <laughs> yeah. with my fingernails. <laughs> and I don't think it's felt. I would put the feeling of like that type of an itch up there pretty close to an orgasm. Like that feels pretty great. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Also extremely yeah. dry skin and hot water on that. Like if you ever have like oh, really, yeah. and you put it on, you're like, oh! <laughs> yeah, exactly. When's the last time you made that noise having right. sex? Right? <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely it. Yeah. And it's unexpected. You yeah. know at the end of sex, there's going to be this feeling and your brain gets used to it. It yeah, goes like, exactly. here comes the like, feeling, yeah, but if you go. get in the shower and you have a dry patch and you're like, whoa, it's yeah. like, 
And then you keep extending it. Yes. You take it out of the water. You put it back in the water. I've never talked to anybody about this, and I'm so glad you know what I'm talking about. That's a wonderful thing. Please resume. I'm so sorry. We're talking about you didn't have pubes. (laughs) I didn't have pubes for a while there. Um, Yeah, mine came in pretty gradually, though. I think. (laughs) Isn't it funny? The way that we measure boy boyhood like growth i remember everyone was counting when you had a wet dream that was like which isn't the thing like not everybody has a wet no i've only had one in my whole life that's what i'm saying yeah but like in my junior high we were like who has pubes i guess is one of them yeah and then one of them is like uh have you had it yet as if it was like your period yeah it's not your period you're you're like you have no sleep paralysis like you're humping. Yeah. you're supposed yeah. to shut down in the movements but you're humping while you're sleeping i remember trying to have wet dreams i remember oh like just just kind of like trying to focus up before i went to sleep because i grew up i also grew up very catholic and very repressed repressed yeah. very self-conscious about all that stuff but i knew it wasn't wrong but it had been beaten into me of by course. like nuns and you know oh you somehow got over it like you didn't think it was bad um, yeah, I well, no, I still felt a little guilty every time I masturbated, which is about four or five times a day. Um, <laughs> How bad can you feel if you're doing it constantly? Yeah, th- that's exactly That's it. where the rubber meets the road, too. I was so devout, yet I was constantly jerking it. Absolutely. Something's like, got to give. So science book touched my penis. I have it's to like masturbate. Kneeling now. to pray while I'm down here. While you're down here, you're no closer to your penis. Oh, yeah. There was like, I think there was something about kneeling on a pew that really. Dude, church has something. Ro- something sexy is happening in church. There's incense, there's the robes. Incense, the, the robes are for babies. Robes. <laughs> robes, incense, and uh, slowly building music. <laughs> you know that sort I mean? of toneless organ. Toneless, sort of like droning, building towards. Some unknown climax. Yes. <laughs> so you know that it's coming. Yes. But right now we're just in the low minor keys. <laughs> That's right. There's a just... build. I, I'm reading this book and it was talking about how office romances are so common is because they make offices so sterile. Oh, and I'm wow. going to keep making this point. It's it's really interesting to me. There's nothing alive. Right. There's no plant. Very rarely a plant. Yeah. There's no natural light. There's no natural air. Right. So the only remaining thing of your animal, of your true self, yeah. is I bet you have breasts under there. <laughs> yes, and exactly. I, and she goes, I bet you have a penis under there. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's in I wonder there. what it's like. I so wonder ch- what that's like. Yeah. Church has that same sort of like forbidden. Yes. Like a total. Whoa. A total, um, all the senses are being dimmed. Exactly. Except for, like, spiritual and and boner sense. It's meant to focus you, but yeah. as a result, you go, I think I've been horny in church many times. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all I've been in church. I mean, it's all I was in church. <laughs> I don't think, how old, your son is six. I yeah. don't think we fully remember. You know how women have part of their brain that deletes how painful pregnancy yes. was, birth? Yeah. I think we have a part of our brains that deletes how horny we were when we were 11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I remember it sometimes, and I'm like slightly offended now yeah. because I can't get a quarter as horny as I used to be. Rob Hubel has this really funny thing where it's like, we used up all of our great boners before we could even have sex. Oh my like, God. most of the great boners you have in your life will be expended before the age of 15. Oh, I mean, have worthless you, boners. I, you don't have kids yet? No, trash boners. You, can you imagine? Let's talk about baby boners. 
The, okay. <laughs> I don't know what you mean because I'm thinking, do you mean the boner that I used to make the baby? Because if I made no. a baby with my 15-year-old boner, he'd be a king. Oh, yeah. Or she'd be a queen. Absolutely. <laughs> but and now I've got these 38-year-old kind of like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> totally. I would pay money for, for one of the boners that I had when I we was didn't 12 know. years old. We people didn't. do pay money, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, people pay money. People, that's what Viagra is. For those kinds of boners. Viagra yeah. is a time travel machine it, yeah those when i've taken viagra when you take it you go oh right oh youth that was what i didn't i don't have to do mental gymnastics to get that's there. right there's like, no, i don't have to add a narrative yeah. we're snowed in <laughs> i don't have this to add forbidden. a church narrative yeah yeah i hired you to clean my bedroom <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's, you know what's, acts. what's great about valerie is we both grew up religious repressed mm-hmm so she understands my weird. Like if I was like, oh, yeah. sometimes we're having sex, and what turns me on is that you're letting me have sex with you. Absolutely. And she's like, oh, I get that completely. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, let's yeah. get married, but we're already married. I know. Well, <laughs> talk it, about baby boners. Sorry, I am. I'm just excited to talk to you. People give me so much shit for talking over the guests. Fuck everybody. Oh God, I don't care. Yeah, uh, please do. Uh, <laughs> baby boners, um, shocking, frequent. I just wrote it down. Even though um, we're talking about it. Uh, what do you mean? They get them full of rage. Oh yeah, from like day one. Babies, babies are born with like they have them from the beginning. Yeah, early days. What what evolutionary purpose could it be for a baby to be like, look at what I've done? I don't know because all their all their um all they're expressing early and when they start talking to is it hurts their boner because they can't do anything about it. They can't do anything about the boner and it is like full. It's like it's an appendage. <laughs> it is. It's like a finger. Yeah. That I mean, it's in. There was so a comedian you, I saw that used to say, uh, "He'd go, look at the shine on it." <laughs> Talk about his boner. <laughs> look at the shine on it. I wish I could remember who it was. I always think of look at the shine on. It. So the baby's got a, a, a ba- shiner. Baby's got shiners, and and he can't do anything. They can't do anything about it. My wife, it was really tough on her at first. She was not expecting it. She was not. I wasn't expecting it, but uh, you know, you just. You're in trauma. You're just moving through it. But there was a when you put the diaper back on, you have to decide which way to press the boner. You have to wow. touch it. You gotta like you gotta maneuver the boner. Wow! It's it's like it really. You it, have to engage. You have to engage. You have to engage right, with a baby boner. I was just gonna do a bit about this, and I was <laughs> like, I have so many bits about sexuality in this way. I don't know if I need to do this bit. Yeah. But it's like the reason why. I'm not attracted to men is a lot of it is like masculine energy. Like the penis is probably number seven on the list of why I'm not into dudes. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. But so many guys go, I'm straight, so I love vaginas. So that means dualism. I hate the penis. But I see my dick all the time. I don't go, "Ah!" like I see it all the time. It's not gross. But like the imposing, like you're talking about you have to press the wiener to the side. The penis is the cigar of anatomy. <laughs> it fills a room. There's no yes. avoiding it. Yeah. Vaginas and femininity, and, and there's all different types of women, and men have feminine yeah. energy too. There's a little bit more grace to it. The dick is so... Yes, there's no mystery to a, That's to a hard saying. dick. The vagina is a little bit more just like... <laughs> It's flow, it's relaxed, it's yeah. not, and, and even a baby boner. Who knows boner. what's happening with that vagina? <laughs> we'll just have to explore and figure some things out. Exactly. There's like a quest It's involved. a quest. There's a quest. It's I a need cave. a quest. It's a cave. Yeah. And the penis is a sword. And it it's is like, a sword. I use this. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I'm attracted to 
yes, vaginas, but also female energy. And yeah. I just, I just want to open up the sexual discussion a little bit more. Love that to get it off of. Dicks are gross. I'm like, I give a man a hand job. We just talked about it <laughs> five times a day. Yeah. How could you be jerking off and like having the best time and also going, but I hate this. Yeah, exactly. I hate I these. can't stand this. No, I love this. I yeah. party on this you all love day. It. I work my dick. <laughs> yes. I know how to give it a little yes. twist. <laughs> a little twist at the end. I'm into my own dick. Yeah, man. Come on. Sex is stupid. It's, it's insane. Uh, Jill Soloway has an amazing quote that um, uh, the penis is to Christianity as the vagina is to Judaism. Tell me what that means. Well, <laughs> I think – I mean I don't want to speak for her, but I think it's a really interesting quote. And I actually disagree with it in Can some ways. Can I just ways. say you just saying her name? The, the credits – to transparent, yeah, make me cry. Uh, oh yeah, every time, every time. The music and the video, thirty seconds flat. You're it crying already. Kills me. Crying in, already. In fact, I just want to say you're amazing. I love the show. Thank you. I can't handle it. I watch it. I've seen yeah. almost all of it, but I have to like steady buck myself up for it. I have to buck up. Y yeah, for yeah. It. It's, it's not just like throw on some no. TV. The fucking credits. It's a fucking emotionally devastating. It's emo It's just like footage of of people. That's what makes sex so interesting is it is the external manifestation of an inner triumph. Like, this yes. is who I am! Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I would say that the transgender issue resonates with so many of us yeah. because it is going like, no, you don't see me! Yes. And that's all of us. That's you know all what I mean? of us. It's Absolutely. It's not them and us. It's yeah. we all go, I'm getting on a rant. Tell me what Jill says. Okay. So Jill says, um, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've actually heard her fully explain it, but I'll just my interpretation mm -hmm. of that is that like we we're talking about the, the vagina is mysterious there's a lot of buttons to press and, and there's things to flow explore to it. It there's flows. flow to it dick doesn't um, flow dick doesn't dick flow just goes, dick just i don't care about dick the moon shoots bullets dick, dick shoots fires it's a weapon bullets. that and fires it, and if you look at pornography apparently we love that we're like i came out on someone's eyebrows <laughs> yes <laughs> It's, it's fucking, fucking barbarian. Insane. It makes it makes no sense except violence, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tool of violence. <laughs> it's a tool of violence, basically. <laughs> and I'm attached to one, and it could get me arrested at any moment. Oh, yeah. There's absolutely. Lululemon yoga pants covering me from a back of a cop, a cop car. It's terrible. <laughs> Very thin Lululemon pants. Very thin. <laughs> yes. If I stood in front of that window, you'd Very get a better idea. Exactly. You'd know that I was circumcised. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so she would tell me, I keep going. Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, the uh, penis is to Christianity as the vagina is. I think I understand. Yeah, I mean, I think she's also saying culturally, like, um, you know, Judaism is a culture of um, of heart and of I think uh, I get it. Family and it's a relational culture, whereas like it feels a little woomy. It's woomy. I've always yes. been deeply offended that. My Jewish friends wouldn't invite me to temple. I've been to a few yeah. uh, Passovers and stuff like that. I've always loved it, and it feels vaginal. We can't let his <laughs> his violent big white dick into, into this temple. But it's circumcised. Yeah, all right, all guys, right. look, I'm circumcised. <laughs> I'm at the tribe. <laughs> yeah, and Christianity is has, is known for warfare. Yeah, it's known for murder. You yeah. know. Um, which is really interesting, actually, because... I'm not trying to be funny. A cross, even the wooden cross, there's some... Freud it's a sword. Would have something to say about it. Yeah, it's a... Yeah, you flip it, it's, it it's looks a, like a sword. It's a dick and a sword. Yeah, there's yeah. something... 
I and mean, by the way, I just for those listening, people know I I, I'm, I, I love Christ in that Campbell Ram yeah. Dass way. Yeah. So please don't be offended by what we're saying. I'm trying to understand what you're saying, and it makes sense to me. Yeah. It's yeah. not very blankety. It's more hard pews. Yeah. Let's go. I, I went on mission trips to convert motherfuckers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's that energy. Judaism that energy. doesn't really. No, they're not interested in converting. It's there for you. Yeah, they're but interested they're not... in, in like um, um, having a beautiful dinner, drinking, giggling. Yes. And, um, but what's, what I find to be really interesting, because I've thought about it a lot since, and, and you might be into this too, and I'm really into the, the, the sort of departure of modern Christianity from the teachings of the dude who lived 2,000 years ago. Right. Um, something that I'm like really passionate about. And when I yeah. think about it, what's very interesting is that the Torah, or what like Christians call the Old Testament, is actually a very violent um, sort of uh, eye-for-an-eye philosophy. Whereas Jesus of Nazareth is very... Uh, He's he's much more new age. Um, if you look at the straight teachings of that guy, that's much more of a live and let live. Totally. Everyone has value. Um, totally. Can I tell you something that Rob yeah. Rob Bell? Do you know Rob Bell? I don't. Rob Bell is kind of on that. I don't want to say crusade because crusades are terrible, but he's yeah. on that charge to reclaim Christ yeah. in the way that. <clears throat> excuse me, Ram Dass and Joey Cams. It's called the Emergent Church. It's yeah. this new kind of uh, mm. interpretation. That sounds like a cult. Some it people does. call it the Emergent Church. Emergent Church. Meaning it's emerging out of the old way. <laughs> right. Who cares? But as soon as I labeled it, I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. So let's, emergent let's, Church let's agree. doesn't sound too good to Nobody me. Nobody likes it. Nobody it likes it. Have it you, sounds have bad. Have you been to Emergence? <laughs> yes. Uh, exactly. Get the fuck away from it's me. It's in Waco. <laughs> but it, And Rob wouldn't say he's in the Emergent Church. Rob yeah. is just a freestyle yeah. spiritual guy i love him yeah but he says i think jesus uh were he to come back would be mortified that we made a religion yeah. based on him because yes. his whole thing is yeah. no is, is about inner journey he's actually quite against family not not against it but yeah. he's like you gotta break away from that illusion Absolutely. from that illusion the illusion of family you have to reinvent yourself you have to live free you have to live in the moment i mean it's a mystical approach and the it's first totally two, mystical. the first 2 to 300 years of christianity was 100% mystical spiritual and you know completely un uh, what would you call it? Unmechanized. It was un. Yeah. Uh, you know, it wasn't until the Romans co-opted it. That's right. That it became and this, paganized it, and paganized it, merged yeah. two things into one thing. Absolutely, yeah, totally. I, I I love that you're saying that. And you made me think of something. And we've totally lost our viewers, by the no, way. <laughs> no, no, this is the podcast where we always talk about this stuff. Okay, I don't good. know if you know that. We usually save it for the end, but it, it came up. Good. Jesus missed. Oh, I, that's what I was going to say. The Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. When we say like, "Blessed are the poor." Yeah. And blessed are the poor in spirit. Basically, he's saying, like, the first shall be last and all yes. that stuff. When you read that, you're kind of like, oh, Jesus is saying, like, I'm down with all y'all. I got love for everybody. That's kind of the Western way of looking at it. Yeah. The way that you look at it now is he's trying to break you from dualism. He's like, yeah. the, the same energy that's in what you think is a loser is in a yes. winner. And yes. they're all a part 
of the of the Christ, the one thing. Yeah. So I used to think when Jesus said things like, when you feed a, a starving person, you're feeding me. Yeah. It meant like, feed the homeless because it's kind of like feeding Jesus and he's number one. Yeah. Jesus and that's is, a good thing to do and it'll get you up to heaven and uh, you, you win more tickets. Win more you tickets. More tickets. At the glass counter of the Chuck E. Cheese in heaven. <laughs> that's right. Can I have the barfing baby doll? <laughs> yes, you can. Because I fed that hobo. That's Jesus <laughs> now, I think, is saying... Me and that hobo are the same pulsing. Yeah. You're the hobo, bro. You're the hobo. You are the hobo. And you're, you're the king. Yeah. And you're the pauper. You're all the things. I get very yeah. excited. Oh, me too. Not enough people are talking about no, this. It's no. actually very interesting. And Jesus wasn't saying, make a building, get in there, and no. think about me for, for 45 minutes. <laughs> do you guys, do you know about this thing? Do you, do you, do you listen to John Fugelsang? No, but I'm, John Fugelsang I'm a, is right up your alley, mm. um, and he put this thing out. Well, first of all, he's he's very you know modern take on Christianity and trying to hold he's trying to hold Christianity to the principles of of Jesus, the dude who lived a long time ago. Mm. And um, I, he has this incredible um, quote, um, and I'm gonna. I just looked at the paper your, to see like what are we gonna get back to after this? I'm like baby boners, <laughs> baby boners. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so he has this quote, and I think this quote is the most important thing, honestly, for America. It's, it is the starting point of where Christian America, if we're going to hold on to this religion and we're going to say this is a good thing and we're going to use it to be better people and to create equanimity in the world and love in the world, this is the starting point of it. And it's a lot of people don't like this quote. I can't wait. Can you pause for one second? Because mm-hmm. just like the news of your son's circumcision or not circumcision, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. You know good. what I mean? Like We're going to hold this. This, this. this sort of excitement, talk yeah. about being in the moment, is one of those things that brings you into the moment. So I'm oh. like very in the moment right now. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, you're about to open the dog food. You know uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't just, wait. Just take my time. Just with take it. your time. Take Don't rush time. it. Yeah. Don't rush it. Well, how do you spell this guy's last name? By the F U G E L S A N G, I believe. Okay. Um, All right, he, let's hear. He's at really your, fucking funny too. At your he's choice. a comedian. Um, okay. Jesus was a radical, nonviolent revolutionary who hung around with lepers, hookers, and crooks. Wasn't American and never spoke English. Was anti-wealth anti-death penalty, anti-public prayer, but was never anti-gay, never mentioned abortion or birth control, never called the poor lazy, never justified torture, never fought for tax cuts for the wealthiest Nazarenes, never asked a leper for a copay, and was a long-haired, brown-skinned, homeless, community-organizing, <laughs> anti-slut-shaming Middle Eastern Jew. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! And it's just... Very important for all of us on this stolen land to acknowledge that this is the birth of this religion. I think people genuinely (laughs) don't realize that Jesus didn't speak English and that he was... I was waiting for illiterate. Yeah. I mean, most likely couldn't read. He probably was illiterate. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the people at that time. Yeah, I mean, you had to be in a special situation. We're not putting down the sweet cheese, by the way. No! (laughs) Again, I don't know why I'm feeling like... Just everyone listening, please don't be offended. Well, what I find amazing is this feels like a huge insult. And it's just about... It's just 25 facts. Right. It's just 25 facts. Because culturally, we have built up this bullshit story. We've weaponized him. And we've weaponized him, and we've... 
betrayed him. Yeah. We've betrayed this dude. Is that the cock crowing? Because we be betraying. <laughs> we be betraying, you <laughs> um, uh, Can I tell you something? Oh, please. Yeah. Tell me what you're about to say. No, no, no. I wrote down you, what you, I'm you, 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 you. Richard Rohr writes in Falling Upward is maybe my favorite book. Have I love that Richard book. Rohr? I love You've him. You've read Falling Upward. I'm all about the Richard Rohr. No! Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you, me, and my mother-in-law. Oh, my God. I gave you the worst high five, and I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. It was my fault. Shout out to Diane Tracy. Diane Tracy. She, that's your mother-in-law? That's my mother-in-law. She introduced me to Richard Rohr. Great comedy name, Diane. <laughs> Diane. Diane. <laughs> Diane. A great yeah, comedy name. It is. It's a 2018 comedy name. Oh. Like when our kids look back at this time, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you watch Blazing Saddles and you're like, yeah. this feels dated. <laughs> it does. They're yeah. going to see us going, Diane. People, and they'll know it's people, this time. Are, people were named Diane and Larry back in that time. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> just like, no. Dude. No, no, no. Everyone in my family is either John or Larry. That's. <laughs> oh, true. really? You have Larry's too? I, there's have, a flurry of We Larry's. have John's and Larry's. <laughs> Yeah. We got a high front of Larry's <laughs> moving in every Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's insane. If I ever blank on a name, I just go, ah, Jay, Larry. Neither <laughs> one. Uh, Richard Rohr and Falling Upward, which I love, uh, constantly reading and rereading that book. He says, Jesus is never mad at sinners. And he writes, check it out. If you listen to it on tape, he goes, check it out. <laughs> He's only mad at people that, think, that don't think they're sinners. And sin being those things, to me, that impede your connection yes. to the universal. Yes. Not, I jerked home and I'm bad. Yes. Somebody better spank me. I'm yeah. bad. I said, motherfucker, I'm bad. Yeah. Talking about shit that's murking up your water yeah. that, that wants to merge with you. That's sin. Something in the way. So Jesus isn't mad at people who are sinning because we're all sinning. He's only mad at people who think they're not sinning. That that's makes why a the, lot of sense. The Jesus prayer is, Lord uh, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's just like, yeah. hey, I, I, this is what it is. This is what it is, man. I'm a human. I'm a sinner. We didn't come here to not sin. We could have stayed in the pre-birth place and yeah. not sinned if that was the game. I think that's Drop a really sin. interesting point in the Ram Dass realm, too, because one of the things that I've recently come to is accepting, like, because I, of course, I'm very emotional and I have a hard time moving through the world at times. And, you know, so I have to have these conversations. Isn't uh, that funny? Ram Dass says <clears throat> that all the time. He's like, yeah. we come here to remember because we, we're constantly yeah. forgetting. And I'm like, brother. Yeah. That's why I said rereading. I forget like that. And I'm sensitive, too. Yeah, because it's being in the moment. It's absorbing the energy of knowing that, like, we're all in this together. Right. I mean, yeah. But one of the things that I've recently sort of turned a corner on is like this quest for enlightenment. And then I, when I realized that, like, wait a minute, we're not here to be enlightened. We'll be enlightened when we're dead. Some people are here to be enlightened. That's great. But, like, I actually, like, love pizza. Do you know what I'm saying? I love I, – I, I, I salivate pizza? over pizza. I desire. You mean that's your passion? I desire pizza. I desire many things. But what is that – Oh, you're saying you're what, not not what I'm, attached. Yes, you I'm not not attached. I have attachment, and I actually believe that for me and my soul, I'm here to not be enlightened. I'm here to be a human being, to be a sinner, Unfortunately, to fail. You know what that sounds? What, what's that? That sounds very enlightened. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> well, that's what you look at Jesus. Uh, who, he who wants to gain his life must lose it. All that stuff. Yes, it's always through some sort of look at movies. Yeah. Look at myth. 
Yeah. It's always some sort of All they lost. failed and they won. Yes. Yeah, and you don't know. You go yeah. like, but they failed. I wanna... Yes, in your logos, they failed in their mythos. <laughs> That's they succeeded. Right. Which it, which in is... the logos, they fail. In the mythos, they succeed. <laughs> I just wanted to repeat that and savor that moment. Dog food. It's so We're getting good. good dog food. Such good dog but food. But life, life is overwhelming. But, you know, enlightenment as an achievement Mm-hmm. As so, it's very westernized because I fall into this trap too, and I've surrendered because Ramdas and all these people would say, "In the moment, you are enlightened." Yeah, and we, we're just in our own way. And I, I don't know. Is there anything wrong with you eating pizza? How are no. we eating pizza? How just in all the ways that we eat pizza? I'm just kind of okay <laughs> with it. I mean, I think the truth is, is like spurts of enlightenment are a great tool for us to continue. Spurts. Spurts. That's what meditation That's what... is. Is like dropping spurts. in spurts, baby. Just like a little, uh, little filling up the tank. I'm writing a book. First line: I'm not enlightened. I dip in and out, just like you. Oh. That's, because spurts, spurts. I just don't want you to think I stole that. You it's didn't like steal spurts. it. But that's what I don't think enough people are talking about. Is my father, who's very in his head. I'm not. I'm not putting him down. Let's say that if he's here, he's very yeah. like business oriented. He has little moments of Mozart. You know yes. what I mean? Like in his day. Yes. Little his his heart floods with compassion when he sees yeah. a cold, hungry person. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And it happens to all of us. So enlightenment being something else, somewhere else for someone else yeah. isn't helpful. Yeah. All of us trying to string together those tiny moments of enlightenment. Yeah. That, that is helpful. Saying it is something that you can do and it is something that I can do. I do wonder if there are ways that we can sort of like elevate the whole game. I don't know if we can. What do you because, mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I this wonder just if, like, emergence. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I just wonder if we have a set point and we're always dipping below and dipping above the set point, or if we can raise that set point from zero to seven by just like a, some mechanism. I think that's what everyone's trying to do. If we yeah. look at this in a more global way, is like we're trying to raise our set points and have a better life. Over time, yeah, you see what yeah, I'm saying? yeah. But are we fighting? Are we doing? Are we fighting senselessly for that? Do, do can you never raise your set point? And I'm not trying to be pessimistic about it. I'm just trying to get to the truth of it. Like so, for instance, one thing that I'm really obsessed with, it, and and you and I know some of these people because we will go on their shows and stuff. I am blown away by <laughs> James Corden, Conan O'Brien. Um, I am blown away by this idea, David Letterman, that they um, are on air an hour a day. Like the idea that they can show that much presence and be and show up in that way an hour a day in front of the entire nation seems like so much fucking right, pressure. Right, right, right. So much to be on. And, and I got really obsessed with the idea. And then you start to hear these stories. And I love these guys. Uh, I think Corden is maybe a unicorn. I don't know. But, you know, you hear about Letterman. And you hear, like, <laughs> Letterman. good or bad? A good thing. A good thing. Uh, sometimes. Uh, so Depends. Le- Are you trying to cross a rainbow river? <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. You need a motherfucking le- lep- Not leprechaun. Unicorn. Um, leprechaun will make a river. <laughs> that's right. Because he's a mischief man. <laughs> Um, but you're saying Letterman, you know, and then you look into it and you're like, Letterman's kind of an asshole during the day. Right. You during know? commercial breaks. During commercial breaks. That was the thing. The, He's an I, when I saw him when I was uh, 13 or something, yeah. 
the lights basically stay down on him. Yes. Sitting at the desk. Because he's dropping everything. He's gone. And, and so <laughs> what I think is Understandably gone. Understandably. He yeah. has to save all of his positive energy for that one hour that he is on air. I mean, even Conan, who seems like the most effervescent person in the world, when, we, when I saw that documentary about him and how he operates, yeah. he's like a slave driver. I know. I mean, he's like a... He's driven... To himself. And, he's to himself and energy. to everyone yeah. else because they're now a part of him. But, you know... And, well, you know what Conan calls... Do Doing late night, he goes putting my bone marrow in the wood chipper of entertainment. That's what he said. Wow, I believe to me, and also yeah. in a book, I, I totally I heard him that. say it on the record. And there's something about how we, Mark and I had this great right sitting exactly yeah. as we are talking about soul points because it's like so someone is special, mm-hmm. someone is a unicorn, someone's a flower. Yes, and it's very Western to go. Okay, let's sell that. Yes, and then. I've been. A, I am sold. You're sold. Yeah, yeah. You and We're I are sold. both sold. But the very interesting thing is, how do you balance it out? Yeah. And we talked about winning back soul points. So with Conan and Corden and everybody, this is what Larry Sanders is about. Is a yeah. guy who not only is on TV one hour a day would watch himself on TV one hour a day. Yeah. So it's this like tsunami of ego, <laughs> right? Yes. And you start feeling, and I feel this too. I do this podcast, and I like to think this podcast is a little bit earthier and less showbiz than other things. But still, sometimes I have coffee with somebody, and it's off mic, and I'm like, I'm doing what I do for a living with this person. It's fucking dangerous. It is a little dangerous. To compartmentalize yeah. my human heart connections only yes. for consumption. Exactly. It's crazy. And how do you – I'm curious how you – cope with that i know you have long ass days on transparent on movies are you fucking kidding me you're being consumed you're sometimes i think about it like a cow special milk in this cow yeah and then zoom 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 all these tubes get put on it and we just suck it dry that's how you get quiet letterman and that's how you get conan o'brien can't stop how do we combat that and also finish what you were saying i'm so sorry i have no idea man this is beautiful what you were saying. Uh, I, 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 yeah. You, but like, do you have? I am just fascinated in general by the distribution of energy and by yeah. whether or not we can really improve in certain ways, or whether we're just like spiking in that one hour that we have to be on. Brother. You know what I mean? That stuff is like so interesting to me. And then there's an inevitable yang to that yin. There's and balance. Just, the universe yeah. loves balance. Absolutely. If you're gonna be like that, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. That's like, why Lady Gaga's crying in her car all day that's right. before the Super Bowl concert. And that's why no one's su- – is that a real thing? I think so. I mean, why, you know, no I saw the surprised. documentary on her and she's just, she's just like emotionally devastated and distraught at all times. And then when she goes on stage, it all comes together and it pulls together and it, there's right. like a balance to it. Well, this is this – is, we're, we're just weaving Ram Dass through this. It's like yeah. what do you want? And he's like people want pleasure and to avoid pain. <laughs> and the world – the world, so simple. I it's know. So good but and but the world wants balance yeah so you need to find the meaning in the pain yeah. because yeah. it's coming yeah That's it's coming. crazy i talk rob again he's a he's like a, a very high functioning dude i think my mother-in-law told me about him rob too. Bell? yeah yeah if you have any christian guilt um about oh, yeah. hell Read Love Wins. It'll change your life. It's mm. incredible. If, if that's a need for you, if you want someone to biblically explain mm. how we've lost the narrative, mm. that it's not about reward and punishment yeah. when you die. It'll, I've read it many times. That's I love wonderful. it. It's incredible. He changed, he changed a lot of people's lives. And it, it lost him a lot of fans. And now he's getting, those, he's getting back new fans and new more fans. so. Yeah. Talk about balance. Yeah. That was his pain. He lost. He was selling out theaters. Wrote a book. Not anymore. Yeah. And now he is again, but like he wasn't 
tearing his garments when he wasn't. Right. Because he understands balance. Right. And Lady Gaga crying in the car <laughs> is balance. I, uh, did you have another point on that? Because I do want to ask what, how you no. find your soul points. How do you feed yourself back? Because mm. when you're leaving it out there, and what you do specifically on Transparent, although I just watched Landline last night, mm-hmm. god damn, how did that movie not get nominated? I don't understand. I don't know. Nobody knows about the movie. It it, I don't understand what happened. Uh, I don't understand what happened either. Yeah. It's incredible. It just completely sort of disappeared, and it's really, really good. It's so heartfelt. It's so enlightened, and it's funny. It's really funny. It's, and it's so lean, and there's yeah. res- so much restraint. Yeah. Like, Gillian doesn't, like, uh, waste time. Yeah. Like, there's that beautiful shot with the two sisters with their heads facing away from each other. Yeah. Like, two chess piece horses turned away from each other. And, like, a more indulgent director would have lingered on that shot yeah. and just let you sop it up like marinara with your breath. <laughs> She's, it's, like, two seconds. Yeah. She's just like, yeah, the whole movie's beautiful very economical yeah she doesn't care she and she keeps it moving it's so well edited the instincts are amazing and the performance you're amazing in it thanks man jenny slate what the fuck is going on i know we're watching it we're like this is like meg ryan in the 90s i know like that magic yeah she's got that thing she's got that thing yeah and and it it just got snubbed (laughs) snubbed but anyway you're doing that yeah is it family and we got to get back to your son's penis but is it family it's my son's penis (laughs) It's my son's penis. It always comes back to my son's penis. Yeah, it's family. How do you fill um, your pot back up? Is it um, solitude? Is it reading? Solitude, family, watching um, stand-up comedy. Really? um, And um, listening to Ram Dass and, you know, um, Eckhart Tolle and Richard Rohr and, and, you know, Joseph Campbell. Well, we're the same person. Yeah, yeah, I think we're the same person. We can end this now. Those uh, things... I've told this story a million times. I was... When you're shooting... 14 hours a day, every day. What a privilege. I yeah. always want to be clear. What a privilege. It is a total privilege. Dream come true. It is also feels like you're going to die. It feels like you're going <laughs> to die sometimes. And I went down, and Val was out of town, and God, talk about soul points. My yeah. wife, I love my wife, yeah. uh, we're newlyweds, right. feeds me and supports me in this huge way. We feed and support each other. Yeah. Um, but she was out of town, and I put Ramdas in my ears. I didn't want to. Talk about, like, like yeah. Transparent, there's a certain readiness that i have to have to listen around us yeah it's a lot it's a lot and you don't want to waste it yeah you know it's almost like spilling wine or something you don't want to waste it so i i but i was i forced myself to listen to it and it just put me back as much as i could be on track it put me back on track because he was talking i'll summarize they've heard me say this a million times talking about feeling a malaise and he was like when you feel a malaise it's something deeper in you wanting to awaken. So if you're feeling a malaise that you're just being very materialist. Yes. I'm making television. I'm making money so I can buy a Roomba that will yeah. clean the carpet of my of my house and maybe I'll yeah, put yeah. it in my car. Yeah. <laughs> so it can be real <laughs> thorough in the back patch of the back seat. <laughs> when you get stuck in that and you start to feel low, his point was you should feel low. That's grace. That's yeah. something deeper and more it's eternal in you. Exact-a-fucking-lutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exact-a-lutely, yeah, exact But yeah. you hear it, and like you, I'm scared. I'm cold and wet and lonely a lot. And yeah. you listen to that, and you go, yeah, your scared, lonely feelings are yeah. pointing you. Yeah. 
that's the journey. That's, like, so please I, speak to that, that. That's interesting to me too, because I, you know, I it has been suggested to me by many people that I take antidepressants at times in my life. They want you to. They want me to. Or, or they see you taking them loved and they go, ones. "You take antidepressants." <laughs> no, no, loved ones will reach out and just be like, "Hey, man, maybe you ought to just kind of like feel into, you know, check in. Maybe you know, you could just get through this patch." What are, I, what are they noticing? They're just noticing um, darkness and brooding. Do you go way up and then way down? I'm kind. I'm slightly. I'm approaching bipolar. I do go up and yeah, down. We're the and, same person. And when I go down, like people want to help me, and you know, uh, lots of people in my family are on antidepressants. It's part of, and I and I fully support it and believe it's very important. For, it's like the Lawrence of drugs. It's the Lawrence <laughs> it's, of drugs. It's all over. You gotta brain. have it. If you don't do it, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> don't break the tradition. Don't break it. So, but I actually, I mean, I do dabble in St. John's Wort, which is like an herb that yeah. kind of helps you glide through some st- when your brain is cannibalizing itself, essentially. Yeah. Um, Milk but whistle. I, but I do have um, and. I want to say very clearly, I support antidepressants. I think they do great work. This is just me we're in particular. Jesus, we're offending Jesus. Yes, <laughs> uh, but for me in particular, I do try to use my mood as a pointer in my life, as sort of like a signpost. That's like you're down. You're having this repetitive thought. What is the deeper purpose of this? What is the deeper meaning of right. this? And you know, if when I'm when I'm doing pretty well, I can sit with the emotion and ex- and sort of like into it into like what is exactly what you're saying what is that deeper thing going on there right and why w- and why and what is this trying to tell me the, and the what depression. are the adjustments i need to make in my actual life you know because i i um i think antidepressants are very important but i think sometimes they also can mask things that so like a know, symptom like treating a symptom treating something a could symptom. be said about any medicine Absolutely. by the way yeah. yeah you could be taking blood pressure medicine but why are you eating lamb chops for breakfast? You know exactly. what I'm saying? It's like, so I want to be very careful here. There are people, yes. Chris Gethard, for example, was on this podcast and was yeah. like, motherfucker, there was no, his brain was telling him to kill himself. He was yeah. having terrible, terrible times. So please get and you help take if a pill, you need it. And then all of a sudden you're not and you're happy and you can have a family now. That's right. like fucking amazing. Yeah, and fucking people amazing. should be doing that. When you're dealing, and, and this is subjective, when you're dealing with that low level low discomfort. Level. Yes. Uh, I didn't mean to call no. yours low level, but no, it's low level. I'm saying my own yeah. is low level, and I go, yeah. I think I can dance with this. Yes, and it's not getting in the way of my function. Yeah, uh, I understand going. Okay, my I have high blood pressure. What am I spiritually eating that's yes. giving me yes. high blood pressure? That is a privileged position, but I, I think a lot of people can relate to it. Meaning we don't have serious yeah uh, issues. Well, there's like a I I don't know who said this, but this is something that I also try and remember is like. All of Western civilization is trying to increase its tolerance of stress. Mm. And so what that just allows you to do is harbor more stress. Like Mark and I talk about this a lot, about how when we were making movies coming up and we were doing everything ourselves, literally holding the cameras in the booms and, you know, mixing and shooting and doing focus on the fly and editing and delivering the films and all that stuff, Mm. you know. It was really useful to be able to launch our careers by making, you know, $250 movies and going to Sundance with them because we could was do... Was Puffy Chair $250? That was $15,000. Like, the short films were $250. Whoa! Yeah, because we literally handmade them with home video cameras. And 1000 was the chair. 
Yeah. I mean, like, literally, we had to have two chairs, and they were $650. I still remember. That's um, not true. Yeah, yeah, no. The two chairs no, were six total. Six- 650 total. Get the fuck out of yeah, my face. Yeah, yeah, because we had to burn one. I remember. So, so, yeah, I mean, like, we talk a lot about the fact that, like, the fact that we come from that immigrant mentality and we can harbor so much stress and we can do that it was really useful for our careers but it was really damaging to us like you know and there's like a saying that's like you your goal should actually be to to tolerate less stress Mm. like Mm. the idea is like you get one ping of stress and you immediately pivot and deal with it. You shouldn't be shouldering stress. It's not that you should ignore it. The, the in an ideal world, in like a matrixy world, the stress comes in and you flex and you move and you see where it needs to go and what needs to change and it changes immediately. Right. That's like our ideal scenario if we're being as very fleet of foot and bending like reeds. Yeah. Like we're supposed to. That was a book I read about drinking. I w- it was talking about like instead of drinking when you're stressed, mm-hmm. just do what you can to relieve the stress actually relieve the actually stress. relieve the stress but that was a, that was a, even if it was like you can't do anything today write a note on a post-it email jen you know what I yes mean? that's better than getting that, shit-faced yeah exactly because they're like it'll actually help your brain go okay i'm gonna handle that i was um um uh somebody was telling me two days ago that like all of our coping mechanisms and this comes from like 12-step program but all of our coping mechanisms are um just ways to to mask the fact that we're d- dysregulated essentially emotionally that's that's what we're talking about yeah and what she essentially said is the only thing that can re-regulate you in the truest way is a tw- is a t- minimum 20 minute um human interaction mm. so what we are doing here is the most fortifying thing it's food. that we it's food it's yeah. like totally balancing and allows us my stress level is so low right now i know <laughs> i see you i see you pete yeah. and you see me yeah. and that's the best and we part even occasionally it. glance at aristotle we do we want him to talk but he can't talk so he just nods and he has the most beautiful eyes but it's absolutely right we've been disconnected from the fundamental building blocks of humanity meaning yes. everything that we consume food water yeah. has been removed from our ecosystem absolutely. and sold back to us yes and human interaction has been removed from us. Even yeah. what we were saying in an office, small talk and all that stuff yeah. like water, like it's minimized. It's a Absolutely. need. It's you a need. need. I've been talking about this on stage. You need invisible things. You need uh, air that's invisible. You yeah. couldn't even draw it. Yeah. Like if you were trying to tell an alien what you needed, you'd be like, <laughs> nothing. You'd hold up blank paper. Nothing. I need nothing. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. You'll fucking die without something invisible. And love yeah. is a fucking yeah. essential human need. And it doesn't have to be romantic love. It no. can just be, I see you. Yes. As Ramdas says, I see you in there. I like yeah. that addition. I see you, you in see there. You see me in here. Okay. Yeah. Why do I feel so much better? Yeah. And and I don't have to look at internet pornography or which yeah. I bring up specifically because that is like this attempt. It's like being on the look pressing your face yeah. against the glass of a bakery. Exactly. As opposed to eating a cupcake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going like, I can see it. And you're kind of like rubbing your tongue. That's like it's food true. masturbation. You're like, I you're kind of like taste it. And it's, you know, it's really funny too, because I always joke about this, this point, but like every time after you're done masturbating, the one thought I can think <laughs> is, thank God I'm not in the room with this person right now. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's, right. it's almost like you're, you're intentionally keeping a distance. But that's what texting is too. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Back, one of the things that's great about landline is you're like, yeah. 
Now when you watch TV, I don't even finish the point. Now yeah. when you watch TV, it feels artificial when someone pops in yes. or calls or yeah. like waits outside someone's apartment yeah. and you give them tea. That's what the motherfucking 90s were. It was the yeah. last gasp it was. of a time when you didn't have the ease of texting yeah. and you text back and maybe I get 20 minutes and by to the reply way, to how are you. Very <laughs> Jewish, vaginal, uh, mystical, all those things because you would have moments in college where you'd be like, where's Pete? I don't know. I haven't seen Pete in a couple of days. Hey, um, grab a joint. We're going to go walk over the yeah. mall. And we're going to go look for Pete. You go on a quest. You, you go on a quest to find on Pete. on a mother motherfucking quest. quest. Yeah, dog. You couldn't reach someone. You couldn't reach someone. And, and you, you were concerned know. about them. And then you had to engage with other human beings. That's right. In order to like locate this person. That's right. I, mean, I, I had that bit about that, about Google. If you didn't know something, you'd have to ask a person. <laughs> You'd have to go like uh, Google was a person. Yeah. yeah, Google was a person. Yeah, and now there's this thing, and this is the the whole mystical journey to me summarized in in modern times is that like yeah. things that don't love us are giving us synthetic versions of what we think we need. Oh wow, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, Google I totally doesn't agree. give a shit about you. Your grandpa telling you yeah. when you when you go on a date with a lady, just act like you have nowhere else to be in the world. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah. Your grandpa telling you that. That's amazing. Means Your grandpa more. told you that? No, no, no. That's, I Jesus, took that from what Mad grandpa Men. do you have? <laughs> uh, I actually took that from Mad Men. Roger Sterling said it about when he goes to dinner with a client. Wow. But I was trying to think of something wise. That's beautiful. But then like Google, you can go- type in how to and see what it fills in for you. It's like how to ask a girl on a date. <gasps> like it's basic shit. It's like shit you should have covered oh while fishing. God. We're two old men. No, but that's great because what you're saying is <laughs> is when you receive the information before, it came with the side order of love and compassion and, at least and care. Human heat. Human heat. another thing yeah. with a heart beating, yeah. also worried about its own death, yeah. also confused about what gravity is, yeah. talking to you in real time, and you could feel it. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing as getting an apple from the store. Uh, or picking it from a tree yeah. and having that relationship. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Yeah. But we've—I <laughs> know you do. Oh, I know. I know, I know what you mean. I mean, just last night, I'm like, we're, we're my, my wife and I are both worried about our kids right now for different reasons that I won't go into. How old is the other child? The other one is a nine and a half year old girl. Okay. Um, and so we're just worried about them because you know we're parents and we're you know freaking out and we have too much time on our hands. Probably doesn't feel like we do. But uh, <laughs> but compared to past generations, compared to we probably past do generation. have more time to be yeah. like, should she be brushing her retainer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's too yeah. young for a retainer, but yeah. Um, so we uh, we were like trying to come up with plans to solve their problems and new systems to put in place. Mm-hmm. We plug them into the system and then things will get better. And then after a while we were like, I was just like, can we just snuggle? I think I just need to lie on the couch and have you spoon me for like five minutes. With the mom? I mean with the with child's Jen. mom? With yeah. your wife? <laughs> and, um, and she's like, oh yeah, let's do that. And then that happened and just spooning for like five minutes and we were totally in a different place. Mm. And not that we gave up on making those plans, but we were just like, the worry was gone. We were on the same team. We were, I mean, it's just... It's physiological. It's a physiological and it's, and thing. I would say it's spiritual as well. Yeah. But to prove, like, some proof that that sort of stuff is physiological is, like, 
there was this documentary on PBS that I recommend all the time called This Emotional Life. And one of the stories they do is about a child from a Russian orphanage, kind of like one of those classic stories that you hear. Child wasn't picked up, wasn't touched, was neglected. Yeah. Um, On on the paper, that's not much. It just didn't get hugs and shit. Kid is really troubled. Yeah. And it covers the story. And the, the, the thing that helped... Because he's like punching the parents and stuff. Yeah. Was just like unconditional spooning, touching, yeah. motherfucking. I say motherfucking so much this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Snuggling. Snuggling. It's crazy. Motherfucking snuggling, dog. Like Val, uh, Val was going through like a weird thing. We actually, I think we took mushrooms and she had low serotonin going in. Yeah. And it took too much of her serotonin. So she was real blue. Yeah. And I was just like, what we'll do is I'll sit cross legged and she'll just kind of wrap around me. Yeah, yeah. And you rock the person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a goddamn <laughs> circumcised <laughs> baby. Exactly. And like, what is the mystery? You see, we're just on a tear here. Grubhub will bring you a grilled cheese. Yes, they will. But if your mom makes you a grilled cheese, oh it's my God. totally fucking different. And if you make yourself... And I use Grubhub all the time. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you make yourself a grilled cheese, it's yeah. different. It's the same thing with porn. You will have an orgasm. Yes. Or you will be full of cheese and bread. Yeah. Like, it's the same result. So, again, our logos goes, I'm getting I'm getting orgasm. the thing. I'm getting food, but we're mythic, emotional, mysterious creatures. Yes. And we forget that we're swirling in the unknown. Yeah. And even while you're eating that grilled cheese, part of you is going, what the fuck is going on here? That's it. But the apps tell you nothing. Relax. Push the red button. Eat the yellow sandwich and go to bed. That's right. You're fine, (laughs) motherfucker. Put your head down. (laughs) It's... No, it's sick. And we tell ourselves that subconsciously and we beat each, beat ourselves up. I mean, I think what's well what's here's here's some another theory I have too. I mean, this is all in the same realm, but the disillusion of the village. And we yeah. in America have taken it to extreme. So like what what I'm about to do, because I'm having an emotional time, is I was thinking after this, my parents live in Pasadena. We all grew up in New Orleans, and no one left a f- one square mile radius of where we grew up. But now that Mark and I are here, my parents are here, and I'm going to go do exactly what you said. I'm going to let my mommy make me lunch. Yeah. Because when my mommy makes me lunch, like a loop is closed. Uh. She feels good. I feel good. It's like an amazing thing. We talk about her knees. We talk about like um, the worries that I have about my son's health and things like that. And it closes the gap. But one of the things that I think is really interesting along with, it's a similar type of pattern of like reckoning with the difference between Jesus of Nazareth and the, the, you know, modern Christianity in America. We have dissolved the village completely and everyone in america right now thinks it's normal to just leave the city and the place that you grew up in to go to college and then just to move three thousand miles <laughs> across the country and be a pod every mm. we're being mm. astronauts we're becoming we're, cells where you'll we're build cells. your own jail cell i'll build all of it myself and then i'll reinvent it and then we've all built our own cells. and people well, we moved to L.A., we moved to New York, whatever, wherever we moved to, just those two places. <laughs> um, and, and we have babies, and then we have to hire people to take care of our babies. Right. And, we, and that is a transactional 
That's Enterprise. Right. That's Grubhub for your baby. It's Grubhub for your baby. And you sure your nanny will fall in love with your baby and you'll fall in love with your nanny, but the nanny will leave two years later because she has to go to grad school. Right. Or whatever right, it is. Right. Whatever. Diane. It is a transactional relationship. It's all been monetized. It's, a, it's been monetized. And again, like I'm saying, water and fruit and food and fish that you can spear yourself have yeah. been removed from us. Also, to your point, your neighbor or your or your aunt or your mother or whoever has also been removed, and be, because it only makes sense if it's earning money. That's right. It doesn't exist if it's not earning right. money. Land doesn't make sense right. to the logical brain unless you build upon it. I just went to the beach yesterday. Ten dollars to park. Val and I were like, "It's only ten dollars." What the fuck is going on? Yeah, it shouldn't be any dollars. It shouldn't be any dollars. Nobody owns no the dollars. beach. It's the goddamn beach. The beach belongs to the human race and all the other races and and animals and birds and shit. That's right. Which have been removed. (laughs) Which have been removed. Yeah, but there's no... For the low, low price of $10 a day. (laughs) That's right. We'll keep the birds away. Some of them. Seagulls we allow. That's right. But uh, you're talking about the removal. We we were talking about... um, The thing that I was reading was talking about... It's more... um, What's the word he used? productive Mm -hmm. for you let's say you and i are neighbors yeah you this is gonna sound insane (laughs) we just don't talk this way yeah you have a coffee maker yes i do i live 30 feet to your left that's right i jay yes i have a coffee maker. yes you do in fact i have the same coffee maker. you have the same coffee maker and i'm only using it 30 seconds a day absolutely but i need my own that's right motherfucking coffee maker because i am a cell because I need to be mm-hmm. efficient. We were just talking about the Todd Glass podcast. I love the Todd Glass podcast. Have you ever listened to it? Mm-mm. You'll love it. It's Silly Town. Okay. It's so unproductive. And I use that as a compliment. Oh, I love that. It's the least productive thing I've ever heard. And this is going to get very Ramdas. I literally feel my work when I listen to that podcast. Because yeah. there's part of my brain going, get, to the, get through the intro, yeah. Todd. Yeah. Wrap this intro up and it's 30 <laughs> more minutes of intro. It meanders. It makes yeah. this podcast seem very linear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that part of my brain is the same part of my brain that doesn't want to wait for you to be done with the coffee maker. That's right. 30 seconds. That's what right. the, I have free bedrooms in my home. Free. I just mean nothing yes. is in these bedrooms. Yes. The fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? And let's not get super Jesus-y and say I should be giving them to homeless people. Let's no. not even go there yet. No, no, no. But yeah. what about a friend? Yeah. What about we just have sleepovers? We live in a free society. I have friends who live alone, like my sad little comedian friends. I say that with love because I used to be <laughs> a sad little comedian yep, cooking there. my yeah. fucking noodles and drinking wine alone. Why don't I just have them over? We don't have to hang out. Just be in the bedroom. They can just be in the house. Just be in the house. Yes. And then you have a baby and guess what? And guess what? No nanny. No nanny. Because oh, so, <laughs> Joseph is upstairs smoking weed <laughs> and he's awake at four in the morning anyways. And he wants to party with a little dude. I mean, that would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> That'd be amazing. It would be. No, my wife is, um, she's a social worker and she like, <sighs> we're, She's talked a lot about trying to create a space where, um, you know, like her dream is to like basically buy some property in Altadena and have a central building. It's a cult. Um, It's a central building where you have a big, big, big kitchen. You have um, a swimming pool. You have ping pong tables. You know, you have all the fun things, right? And um, a yard, all the things. 
And then you have like 10 houses in a circle around it. And these houses are very minimalist, you know? Can I just pause? Yeah. Like, like I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. I'm going to pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please pause it. This, Val and I do this all the time. Yeah. We just go like, I don't understand why we don't do this. Why are we not doing it? Why are we not doing this? Minimal yeah. houses surrounded something awesome. I'll tell you why we're not doing it. Tell me. When somebody becomes a problem. How do you get rid of them? You got to kick them out. There has to be a council. There has to be a council. And then you got to have your own police. And then you got to, and then all of a sudden. You have meetings. And then all of a sudden you are recreating society inside of it. But that's. I hear that. That's going to the far ends of it. I think but what we're know, trying to do is find some balance in returning towards the village. It doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Well, but, this happens in, there's a great documentary called Happy. And yeah. they talk Same about. Um, I try to watch it once a year. I haven't been keeping up. <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with my movie watching. <laughs> God damn it! Um, but they talk. I believe it's Norway. I'm not sure. I, I use Norway a lot as just a catch-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy. Uh, Nobody like, will check. Thinking, you can yeah. get away it's with Norway. it. Norway. <laughs> but this, these are their like lower-income families live in these situations. Mm. Almost exactly what you're describing, and they're probably way happier. That's the thing. Well, happiness. It's like the diamond market. Yeah. Diamonds aren't rare. They just control their yes. fluctuation into our market. Yes. Nothing exactly. is really rare. Nothing just, is rare. By the way, this is gerrymander. He wrote this book. I, I'm re- I've been hesitant to recommend it. because I know it's gerrymandering. Yeah. It's called Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television. I read it in college, and I found it recently. And I've been rereading it. I think it's funny that you and I are both on TV. <laughs> yes. But the book isn't, in my opinion, it's not about TV. It's about everything we're talking about. Yeah. It's about something so much bigger than that. Yeah. And I, and I love TV. I make TV. I want to be very clear. But I also am really, really enjoying this book. Yeah. And he's talking about how uh, these, these, this, the place in Norway, the low-income peoples, they cook together. They have a chore wheel. And what... Uh, what makes us happy a lot it's so, such a fucking cliche is free shit is invisible free shit yeah so these poor people from in our minds are actually are happier they're they're the, living the richest life possible because they're rubbing elbows yeah and you know this because you're smart i'd like to think i'm smart i know this last night i'm in bed with val i'm like maybe we should move to Asheville. oh we say that all the time but Asheville, I, austin portland and i see i said <laughs> portland yeah Jay, yeah. I said, we should just move to Portland. Yeah. And Val goes, we should move to Asheville. And then we started looking at photos, and I was like, I literally get a type of altitude sickness when I start looking at photos of things that don't look connected. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yes. Like, I'm so addicted yeah. to relevance. Yes. I'm like, w- I'm having this great conversation. Could I have this great conversation in Asheville? I'm sure I could, but like, yeah. I get worried. I get almost like a nosebleed. I'm like, where will I do comedy? Where will I? Yeah. Uh, it's, such a, it's a flight to all the real places. I know. You're going to have to do two flights. That's fucking. I'm gonna have to <laughs> unacceptable. I'm gonna have, <laughs> to, have connect. to connect, and that is unacceptable. To You're gonna connect. have to sit in an airport near other people. That's right. Why don't I want to connect? Why is it called connecting? And I won't do it. That's fucking amazing. I won't connect I won't to connect. connect. Yeah, buddy. It's we know this too. It's not about getting to the place. <laughs> I was one time on a flight with Deepak Chopra. He's we're flying to the same place. We didn't know. I knew him from this podcast. Yeah. We're talking. He's just flying. Some tiny ass American Eagle plane, no private jet. I'm sure the yeah. man could afford a private jet. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's just kind of being. He's just being because he got it. Yeah, he gets it. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll be happy when I get to Tucson. Yeah. Fucking be now. 
I'm I'll getting be, worked I'll up. I'll be happy when, when I, get I get to, to Tucson. Tucson. It's a great book title. I have a joke about that where I look and I don't mind traffic. Is because and I always look to my left and there's a guy freaking out and I'm like I'll be happy when I'm at work. That's yeah. what this guy is. No, screaming. you won't, dude. I'm like you could be in a car right now listening to Led Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> fucking being 13 again. You could drive and jerk off and listen to Led That's Zeppelin. That's right. If you have tinted windows, a big <laughs> That's coat, right. a big coat on top. Coat. You got to have that big coat. Six hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> for those big coats because we had to burn one. That's just a weird, callback, a weird forced callback. Um, tell me a little bit about your rawness. I'm interested. So we were talking about antidepressants. Yes, and you don't want to take them. And you feel I don't want to take them. I don't want them. Yeah, and. Uh, you're you seem like an open-hearted fella. Yeah, is that an effort? Do you work to keep your heart open? No, or do you f- yeah, <laughs> no, I don't have to work to keep my heart open. I uh, I I have to work to safeguard my open-heartedness because sometimes the world is too much. I Green Mile. E- yeah, remember I, the end of Green Mile. Yeah, where they're killing him, and he's yeah. like, "Sometimes the world's so Sometimes much." Sometimes like, the world's he's so like, much. He's like, "I'm okay going." American Beauty. It's too much beauty yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah, Not so much that, but it's it is. Uh, I'm like a highly sensitive person. I'm HSP. Uh, HSP. HSP. Wait, isn't that a book? Uh, there is a book. Um, and it's and, it's like 15 percent of the population. It's nothing like special. It's just like. I feel other people's emotions when I'm in the room with them. Everyone does on some level. And when, right. your, chan- when your channels are really open, you feel those things. I have a little bit of a hard time, but it, usually when I'm too busy, usually when I'm in an efficiency mode, all these things creep in and they sort of like bog me down. Yeah. And so like my philosophy is like be less sensitive to stress, you know, be, I mean, sorry, be more sensitive to stress, be aware of it, aware of when it happens. I just need like a lot of... I need a lot of curation to get through the world. I need like exercise every day. Really? Uh, yeah, at least cardio at, stuff. You yeah, mean? cardio. I do a lot of hiking. Um, it's fucking have to exercise every day if I'm going to be emotionally stable and if I'm going to sleep well. I also need a good chunk of alone time, and I need a little bit of meditation, <clears throat> and I need to eat really, really well. Like I. You, you know, sound so much. This is me. We're, this is there's the best, like so the much fucking show. management involved. It's just like sometimes it's really laborious. But but then I'm like, well, this is what it is, and this is what I need. And <clears throat> as I get older, I'm accepting it more and more as to, you know, and, and as as I get older, I get better and better at hedging my bets and not having major crashes or meltdowns or whatever, because I have crashed before, and you know, I'm just kind of like. <clears throat> really depressed for like a month. You, you know? shut off. Where I'm, just, I don't shut off. I go into like full blown like um, efficiency mode. Where I'm just like ignoring the fact that I'm depressed, and I'm just like executing uh, items on a list. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because my depression looks like I won't reply to an email. Like I'll say to Val, I haven't replied to an email in two weeks. <laughs> I have had that. I have had that. We had a little bit of that with this because I had a really. <clears throat> I've had a pretty retrograde couple of months, and um, yeah. I had vertigo for a while, which was really wild. Emotionally induced vertigo, or just <sighs> I don't know. Well, my my wife and I have both had vertigo issues since we lived in Lower Manhattan right after nine eleven, and we think we were exposed to some stuff like um, all the. I remember hearing that. <clears throat> I mean, there was so much asbestos and everything in the air. They were talking for about a while. how many. I'm not trying to freak you out, but yeah. how many like 
smoke detectors that that were in the building and there's toxic things in smoke detectors specifically yeah. maybe it's not smoke detectors maybe it's thermometers <clears throat> like mercury and all these yeah. different things again i'm not trying to freak you out no i i we we definitely have had inner where ear disturbances on, where were you on 911 uh i wasn't there yet but we moved to lower manhattan like right after 911 while the air was still yeah which in, in retrospect was just like are we the dumbest more, people that uh, we know more people died as a result of the cleanup or around Absolutely. the same number of people died yeah. as a result of the cleanup which is because the, unfortunately I, I, i'm not an expert on the subject but people weren't given the proper no they were not care. cared for they weren't given yeah. the proper masks and stuff you know and you have like tough irish guys down there just like sweeping up like badass motherfuckers and they right. weren't wearing masks you right know? Um, right but, um, That's what my dad would have been doing. Yeah. Dad? <laughs> dad? Um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a swell of enlightenment. I'm helping my fellow... Dad! <laughs> uh, yeah, called... so I don't know. I, I just have to manage myself. And I that led to, to vertigo. I'm sorry. I, I don't know where, how, how or when the vertigo came. I might have just been allergies. I mean, it, it got really scary. I had it for about a week, and I know a lot about inner ear disturbance. And over the course of this week, I was... Um, essentially doing all the things that you need to do to eliminate the vertigo if it is a benign version of vertigo i mean there's a there's a lot of vertigo that's like you can do exercises you can move crystals in your ear and they go into the right chamber and all of a sudden the vertigo is mysteriously gone immediately wait that's a real thing that's a real thing it's Did called you do the it? epley maneuver it's incredibly torturous because you have to induce the vertigo um so <laughs> i was only getting vertigo when i lied down so i was sleeping upright and, but when I was lying down, I was having the room was spin, spinning like full spins at 100 miles an hour, you know? Really? Oh, yeah. Like the drunkest you've ever been, but without the alcohol to calm you down. You know? Sidebar, isn't it insane that there's something like a crystal in your ear governing? It's insane that a tiny canal, like smaller than your pinky nail fingernail, is basically determining whether your life is worth living Smaller or than your son's penis? Smaller than your, my son's foreskin, which is now in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> oh, he is circumcised! He's circumcised! Oh yes! We got there! That is the most roundabout, like, people are yelling at their, I say radios right now. Yeah, that yeah. is the, the best The element reveal. of surprise, guys. That was element of surprise. Expert. So I'm gonna switch. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the penis. Oh, should we finish vertigo we can i'm very interested in vertigo because you're just saying something in your ear because just that yeah, is just fascinating. The, yeah the fluid inside of your inner ear determines whether or not you can be upright and whether or not the world is stable to you it's insane it, it's insane it, i mean we it's so precarious like how our lives and and, and our health sometimes know? i think that the world is just confusing enough like let's say the world is a simulation yeah and something else created it we could we could say it's God. Sure. We could say it's scientists. It Absolutely. doesn't matter. It doesn't it's really matter. It's all the same. Exactly. <clears throat> they made it the world just big enough to be infinitely interesting. Like yeah. you can't think about the whole world at once. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you'll always forget the Sahara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or, or yeah. Scotland. Whoops! Yeah. I forgot Scotland. And we'll never be able to comprehend the vastness of the universe itself, which I think is incredible. That, by virtue of its own being. Yeah. is like a security system yeah. to figuring out the whole game. Yeah. Because as soon as you start to com- comp- try to comprehend the infinity, yeah. the expanding, there, there's a paradox, expanding infinity, right. you go, I can't, I'm going to eat a ham sandwich. Yes. So it's like built in. <laughs> so if like some Elon Musk guy made this, yeah. he's going, well, let's, you ever think about this? Let's put it in uh, blackness. 
We'll mm-hmm. put the whole game on this planet. We'll yeah. call it a planet. And we'll put it in blackness. Mm. And what's in the blackness? Well, we'll bore them with a bunch of stuff. Well, the galaxies, there's galaxies and then there's yeah. solar systems. Yeah. And we're in the Milky Way. And if you zoom out, there's another thing and another thing. And you're just, yeah. it's the end of Men in Black. And you're like, fuck it, I'll have a ham sandwich. Yeah. How do we keep them on the ham sandwich? Put it in a, in a galaxy. Also, things like... How am I hearing you right now? We know certain things. Sound is a wave. Yes. It travels to you. Everything you hear is like later. You're hearing the past. Absolutely. Like you're catching up to it. Okay, so how does the ear work? Yeah. We kind of know how microphones work. We built microphones. How does your microphone, the ones that you have on your ears, work? Uh, well, cr- uh, crystal and some liquid. Yeah, crystals Just- and some liquid and a, like a trampoline. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a trampoline. You got a trampoline, and then it sends messages through your blood and pus into your brain. brain that somehow listens to what the, the trampoline yes. bounces. And if you say certain things, my brain will be happy. And if you say other, other things, things, my brain will be sad. And what, and this is very <laughs> Ram Dassey, but I talk about this on stage too. What in all of that goo <laughs> is listening? Mm-hmm. to the info from the ear. Yeah. But there is, this is consciousness. Mm-hmm. Consciousness is being created. Mm-hmm. Well, what? How the fuck? Yeah. So the ear is listening. It's just confusing enough. It's almost like if you wanted to lie to a kid, what happened to the dog when it died? Well, it went to a farm uh, and it's far away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like uh, a trampoline. and cr- It's just enough yeah. confusion Absolutely. to end the conversation. Yes. And I, and I know, and I've read about different scientists, the deeper they go and the more they know, the less they know. Yes. Because they're just like... Because the, the vastness is infinite on, 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 an, on an interior level that's right. as well as exterior. Going in, inner yes, space... Is also in, in, infinite, yeah. Going in <laughs> is just as confusing as going out. Yeah. And it's very similar. As was demonstrated by the uh, 1986 movie starring um, Je- Jeff, Martin Short? Jack, uh, Jeff, uh, wait, no, wait, Randy, Qu- no, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, Inner Martin Space? Martin Short, yes, Inner Space. Wonderful movie. I was going to say, Inner Space. Wonderful movie. We also both love Raising Arizona. Yes, we do. We were raised on similar movies. We were. <laughs> Inner Space, for some reason, really killed me. Anyway, we could talk about the fundamentals of the universe later. <laughs> and, and the fundamentals of Inner Space. Good movie. But yes, my inner ear, um, I... Over the course of a week, I eliminated all of the easy fixes to the inner ear. And it, my wife and I were starting to stare down the – once your inner ear becomes destabilized, it can be very hard to, to re-rig it. Um, and we've ha- she's had much deeper experience with that. Um, and um, it started to go to a really, really, really dark place. Like I was like, okay, now I need to go see the neurologist. Now I need to go see the ENT. I got to get the big doctors on board. So I went back to my primary care physician and I got all those recommendations. And he was like, yeah, you do. You need to go see these people. And then he was looking at me. He's like, man, you look like shit. And I was like, yeah, no shit, dude. I haven't slept. I'm spinning. I can't be. I can't be in the world, you know? Right. And um, I'm no longer made for this program. I'm not, yeah, and my friend was even asking me. He was you were like, like a PC like, disc and a Mac in the 80s. Yeah, it, like no es bueno. It doesn't, <laughs> no anda. You know, it doesn't go. So, like, <clears throat> so I basically, he's like, you look bad. He's like, I think you have like a science infection. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I'm so debilitated right now. I don't even know what's going on with my body, you know? And he's like, I think you have like a low grade science infection. And he even said, and I had researched all this, of course, he's like, it's not going to fix, it's not going to fix your vertigo. So don't get excited. But I think, you know, it will just help you with the, some of the suffering that you're going through. 
Because bacterial infections in the inner ear are like supremely rare. Right. Because <clears throat> even nose, throat. They're friends yeah, for a reason. Exactly. So I take and a Z pack. He was like, if it's not that, it's your throat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I take a Z pack, and three hours later, all the vertigo is gone. No. And nobody gets it. Get they out. They think that maybe there was just so much pressure or inflammation or fluid buildup. That just backed. Maybe it wasn't inside my inner ear. Maybe it was like pushing from the outside. But they don't know. Nobody knows. I even saw any. I even went to the ENT after, and I was like, "Hey, bro, this thing happened. Um, scary as fuck. I, I still want to live. Like, how do I?" And right. he's like, "I don't know, man. He's like, a, you know, probably that's what he told me. It's just like some pressure back there. <clears throat> he's like, Whoa. you know, just count your blessings." So I went from. Like, really feeling like maybe this is my life now and maybe I'm not an actor and a filmmaker anymore for, for a week. I mean, I, I tend to catastrophize situations, but... Isn't it crazy, though, that there are innumerable catastrophes? Innumerable catastrophes just waiting for us. Just waiting, just for, waiting us. for us. I have a joke about that where I go, people are afraid of planes crashing. It almost never works. And I go, but we're always on these planes. And then I put my arms out like a plane. Yeah. It doesn't even work... In the way, I mean, it works, but it doesn't really get a laugh because yeah. it's like, because just because you got off the plane doesn't mean you can't crash. And I'm not saying that to yeah. scare people. No. I'm saying that to make your breakfast taste better. You exactly. Know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's what I would say now. It's interesting because I have a friend right now who's suicidal and he and I have been talking a lot. And when I went through this, the pendulum switched to me. Mm. It was all about him, all about him, all about him. And then when I was going through this one week, the pendulum switched to me. And I, and when, and on that last day before I, it lifted, I was talking to him and I was like almost in tears. And I was like, I was like, no disrespect, dude, because I, I respect everything that you're going through emotionally and intellectually right now. But I, I wish you could live in this state of vertigo for one minute. Mm. Because if you were living in this state, you would realize that your life is fucking awesome. Mm. Like if, unless you are in excruciating physical pain or uh, you've just experienced a death or you have vertigo or something on that level, right. y- like you can like eat food and, and breathe air right. and get love and give love. And it was cool because he got it. Interesting. And it really bumped him up. It bu- he's in a way better place right now. I think happy people are imaginative people. Yeah. And that's why it's easy to go like, uh, I cried when I had no shoes till I met the man with no feet sort of yes. stuff. But when you can really ingest the wisdom of that sort of yeah. thing and be like, remind yourself of the freedoms that you have, yeah. even if things are shitty. Even if things are shitty. It's hard though. It takes creativity. But imagination and yeah. creativity is one of the things that I would, I'm going to use the word divine. There's something divine about imagination and creativity. And when we can use it, you can literally elevate your yeah. mood and your space. It's a tool for modern living because, you know, back in the day, even 100 years ago, I mean, really, like, the joys of the world were, like, <clears throat> eating food, working in a field, walking somewhere with people that you love. You know, those were the only joys that were right, there. There right. were, and, you know, maybe a book, but most people were illiterate even 150 years ago. Right. You know, when Val was um, low, really low. Yeah. And I would never do this with a, a regular person. Yeah. Uh, meeting someone I'm not in- incredibly close with. Yeah. But I did the Ram Dass thing where I was like, is there part of you that's not depressed? 
Mm. That's a Ramdas thing. And Sweet Val, here she is so dark, covered in, yeah. bl- like literally just on a chemical level. She's just yeah, got no absolutely. serotonin. She, yeah. We just took mushrooms at the wrong time and she was at zero. Yeah. So she was feeling very alone and I, I just kind of cloaked in sadness. Mm-hmm. But she was able to do it. I, I thought she was ready for that sort of yeah. idea. And she was like, there is. And I was like, I know it's hard. We're going to try to identify Let's with the part. Let's live there. Yeah. Just, <laughs> if you can just put your pinky in yeah. the part of you that's noticing yeah. who's reporting. Yeah. Who's reporting. Yeah. That's, that's straight round us. I mean, I had to do that with the vertigo where I was like, it was hard to just be, you know? And, I can't imagine. And I did that pinky thing, too. And I was just like, okay, uh, maybe I'm just listening to podcasts for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Rather, like, you know what I mean? I maybe that's sad. where I live. It makes me sad that you went through this. Yeah. It's heavy It was really stuff. dark. It got really dark. I mean, it's like, it's, it, it was like the post-flu enlightenment times 100. Yeah. You know what the post-flu enlightenment is? You know, when you're know like, you're shit is flying out your asshole <laughs> at 100 miles an hour. You're puking. You're snotting. Just like horrible elements are coming out of your body at full speed. Yeah. And then 48 hours later, sometimes 24, you realize it's going to end and that you're yeah. coming, you know, and you're just so happy to not be shooting these yep. things out of your body. A basic thing. Yeah. You have it's a sealed a... asshole and you're so happy about <laughs> Dude, it. It's top notch. Airlock level. Yeah. No, I totally, Champion I had the food world. poisoning. I, I, I'm aware as we're talking about this, that there are people out there dealing with serious things. You're dealing with a yes. serious thing. So maybe I'm aware of you. Yeah. But the way that I can relate is I did the show recently where I had food poisoning and it just hit me. It was, I was like, Oh, I can't even do stand up. I can't talk to somebody. Mm. Nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. No. Even like, like I was saying, like Ramdas stuff, like sometimes I listen to it and I'm like, not only does it not make sense, I can't even relate to the me that loved it at any yeah. point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of some physical discomfort. Because you're a different person now. Exactly. Yeah. I have a joke where I say I'm a pretty great person as long as every single one of my needs is being met. You know what I mean? Like I can yeah. be very enlightened if I just had yeah. a, a delicious bowl of soup, <laughs> some coffee. Hey, how are you? Like I'm yeah. great. But as soon as you start digging the nails into me yeah. a lot of it goes out the window so the game becomes like mini games it's just mm. like can i be a little bit yeah. that can i remain a can i have a little bit of a zoomed out perspective even though i'm in pain because i was vomiting and shitting and it was the worst yeah. and then but then when it ends the post-flu enlightenment yes i was so and val is this way too every day we're celebrating that val is back it was like a rough four days yeah and she's back yeah and we're like she wants to like eat a cookie or something, yes. and we're just celebrating it. Let's but is make a cookie? Let's and make then a cookie. Eat that cookie. Yes. <laughs> is that a reference? No, I just, just like that's like a life. way to live. That's a. But it's crazy because she is. We're both trying. We don't have it figured out. We're both trying to figure out how suffering is grace, mm. and how it was taking us someplace we needed to go. You're mentioning a very relatable example. You yeah. have the flu, and then when you don't have the flu, you're like, we can just go for a stroll. Yeah, and it's awesome. And it's amazing. Or I could yeah. just sit here and not vomit. And not what, a, vomit. what a gift. Yeah. So that is one way I think we can all understand that like pain, like we're not here to just not feel pain. Yeah. Kind of going back to what you were saying about antidepressants and stuff. Uh, the book, Jerry Manders' book, talks about 1984 and talks about Brave New World. And both of those stories are stories of 
like removing human emotion from the equation. Yeah. Like living in a, a quote unquote utopia that ends up being a dystopia. Yeah. And everybody in all these science fiction stories are taking some sort of pill. You see this in equilibrium. A lot of yeah. modern science fiction too. People are taking a pill that removes negative emotion. Right. When you and I are seeing that when we don't experience and sit with our grief and dance with our grief yes. and wrestle with our grief and yeah. our pain that it fucking comes to get you. It might come to get you in some other exactly. fucked up way. Yeah. So you have to, how's your son's dick? <laughs> Tell <laughs> me what went through that. Tell is me. polished and circumcised. Look at the shine. Look at the shine on, on that puppy. Well, what, I, I really am not just saying this no, I, to be I, a good host. I'm riveted. Tell me what yeah. you, what your wife was, Feeling pro or against? We were both against circumcision. That just means 90 minutes. Okay. We were both <laughs> against circumcision. <clears throat> Not even against it. We're just like, for us, um, we're going to let our son be free and unhacked. Um, and it made a ton of sense. And then, and this is how life works, and then he was born, and my wife was... She just had this overwhelming feeling when he came into the world and she saw me holding him. She came to me two days later and she said, um, I think Sam's penis needs to look like your penis. She just had like an intrinsic. It was a deep intuition. And this is like a very enlightened like Can woman, I? new age woman. I'm so excited go, 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 to go. tell you something. Go, go, go. Have you read Hero with a Thousand Faces? Yes. At the beginning, remember people who don't even know about circumcision have dreams of serpents coming and biting the, their mm. dicks. Like that was like one of the early stories that he tells. Wow. Meaning your wife, I'm not saying guys, if you don't want to circumcise, I'm being like Todd, yeah. I'm trying to make sure everyone listening feels heard and, and safe. But there's this argument to be made that the collective psyche, our collective unconscious has these things in it yes. that we can't explain that your wife Maybe there is a physiological reason for this, yeah. but she's tapping into something the same way that a guy who was never circumcised, who wanted to be uh, later, had a dream that a, a serpent bit off his dick yeah. and was coming for him. Yes. That was the story, that yes. the natives would cut off a piece of your penis because a serpent is coming to eat your dick. That was the dream that they would yes. be having. And before TV and all this noise and movies and music and yeah. Constant stimulation. We all knew these dreams, and we go, "Oh, you had the snake dream. That's yeah. why we circumcise and we bury the foreskin as a as a as a like a as sacrifice, an offering. as an offering. You can't have the whole dick, but you but can you have can this have little piece. That was the whole. This is the pre. That's where it comes from. Prehebraically. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, that's amazing, and I think so. Your wife um, was like, I, I and she just felt primally. That it was important for his penis to look like my penis. And we would even say to other people, and I do think, like, if you can, like, not circumcise your son, I think that's where we should be going, ultimately. Because, But I, who the fuck knows? But that's logos, right? That's logos. And who mythos is cut your dick. <laughs> cut your dick. Cut your dick off. It's crazy. It doesn't, it, it's, not, it's not supposed to make sense. No. It is the stuff of dreams. Yeah. It is the stuff of... And, and, and what's weird about it, too, is that... The circumcision then happened in a much more sociological way. Mm. So because we had left the hospital. But did you not need any more convincing? No, I was just kind of like, yeah, I get it. Boop. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I was at first I was like, really? Because you're doing something very primal. You're holding skin on I'm skin. Holdi- you're holding yeah, your baby. Holding my baby. And then and I, and 
And I did look at his penis, and I was like, that's a little weird looking. Um, <laughs> I mean, not All be- this depth. But not because it's, it's weird. inherently weird, but it's just other. Yeah. It's other. Right. And I think that's where she was coming from. And, you know, and so what ended up happening is we left the hospital, so it didn't happen at the hospital. And so we had to have our pediatrician do it. Which was very interesting. I was going through transparent. I was like in a very Jewish state, and um, I'm actually we're, Mark and I are actually a quarter Jewish, and um, and so we like had a weird like our Jewish pediatrician basically gave our son a bris. <laughs> we had a bris basically. It sounds like an episode. That's very much. That's either that's yeah. like transparent, and that's like. Um, Oh, how am I blanking on the name of the wonderful show? Together, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that would totally sound have been like an a, episode in Together, like a final yeah. act of Together. Yeah, I mean, like I almost like thought. I mean, we were both there, and you know, no one in the family was there, but it was really interesting. It was like we were almost like we were put through because it didn't happen at the hospital. They just clamp it, and it's just oh, but it like there <laughs> was there was some ceremony to it. Yeah, and we had to we had to like really care for it because it happened later and I, I, you always have to care for it but like there was extra care involved because we did it like three weeks later or maybe even more. I'm not mm-hmm. even sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had our own sort of... Were candles lit? Candles were not lit. Was but Hebrew sung? Hebrew was not sung. But it was just interesting. I don't know. It was like... Was Hebrew spoke? It's not even spoken. Not even spoken. But like my wife and I really did share this thing. It's like, wow, we're like, um, we're like moving through some tradition here, and it is in the, it is in the, it is a, a lineage thing. It's like a lineage thing. It's like a primal thing. It's like a spirit thing on some level. Um, I get it. A family thing. Towards the end of Val's Blues, we went to the beach. As I mentioned, ten dollars. Yeah. And it, she did it. She was just standing in the ocean, and she just was like, again, feels like – I love togetherness, by the way. Yeah. It feels like a, a close to togetherness. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to baptize myself. Fuck yes. It also sounds like crashing. Someone literally in, my, in the show I make mm-hmm. baptizes themselves. So there's something about – it's greater than what it is. It's part of a dream. Yeah. It's part of a shared yeah. dream. And I really mean the ethereal dream. Like Absolutely. something – Somewhere yeah. else, like the way we pick up on yeah. electricity or something, yeah. was in Val, and it meant something to her. Unseen to forces, dunk in bro, and come out yeah. and and say a few words. And say we both said it. We both spoke a few words. Yeah. Here's the difference, though. We go back to the beach, and I go. I was baptized when I was 18, and I remember waiting for speaking in tongues or, or something like that. Yeah. We weren't really that kind of church, but I was waiting for some sort of proof. Mm. I was waiting for a material <clears throat> proof. I wanted to feel different. And I think I did feel elated, but I said to Val, I was like, the difference now in my spirituality is I'm like, it did work because it happened. Yes. We did it. Because you did it. Doing it was the it. That feels very Jewish to me. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like the meal is the thing. Yeah. You eat the food. It it doesn't. Yes. You eat the food and you say the words. It, and then it happened. And then it happened. It happened. Yeah. I mean, it's like marriage. It's like people... I mean, I think it's interesting. I, you know, I mean, I think it's interesting that a lot of people don't get married now. But I think it's also... we. I just want to, like, reckon with the reality, though. When you get married in front of everyone you know... Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Buddy! I'm not saying it's better. And I really am not saying it's better. This is like the most offensive podcast we've it's ever done. It's different. I love it. It is different. Jesus was illiterate. You should <laughs> cut off that foreskin. <laughs> yeah. And you need to get married. And you need to get married in front of everybody. Dude, I just got married. Uh, we read the Robert Bly poem that Ram Dass always mm. reads. 
a man and a woman sit together. Yeah. Oh, gosh, fucking kills me. We wept the whole service. Yeah. And because we, I think we've both been married before, we understood Mm -hmm. a little bit of the liturgy, and I understood Mm -hmm. that orangutang circling a dead orangutang sort of ceremony Mm -hmm. of like, we're speaking it. Yes. It happened. Did it work? It happened. Yes. It you, happened in this phenomenal world. Yeah. These molecules and these shapes got together and spoke it and into spoke existence. It. And we said it out loud and other people received it. It went in their ears. It went in their That's fleshy it. membranes. That's it. And it changed the chemistry of their brain. And not only that, they were a part of it. They were a part they of it. They were a witness. Couldn't have to happened it. without them. They're a witness to it. That's right. And you know what? When I, when you see those people later on, it means something. It meant something to them then. Val and I were very proud of ourselves because we had a lot of married people be like, that was beautiful. And it made us feel, they didn't say this, but like more married. Yeah. You know I, I mean? That happens to my wife and I every time we go to a wedding that's beautiful. At that's least. right. There's some shitty weddings out there. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, but, you know, mostly. <laughs> my first, my first, my first wedding. wedding. But nobody came up to it's me. It was like shit storm. Everybody was rolling dice and taking bets at my first <laughs> wedding. They were like, I don't know about this one. The second wedding, beautiful wedding. Yeah. And people, even the their ring. own vows are reaffirmed. Yes. Rings. We're, 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 we're starving for anything. We, yes. have nothing, yes. we have nothing left. Yes. In other cultures, you grow a fuck off beard or, or, or there's other, there's external symbols of internal realities. Yes. And all we have are rings. So Val was like, you don't have to wear a ring. She's so cool. I love her to death. Yeah. I was like, I'm wearing a ring. I want vows. Yeah. I want ring. I want to feed you cake. I want to dance. Like all yes. of that shit. Because what else do we fucking what else? have? Let's do the things. Do the things. Let's do the human things. I mean, bar mitzvahs are great. We don't have anything like that in the yeah. non-Jewish tradition. There's no bridge. Yeah, we do. We're not, we have confirmation. Do you guys have confirmation? Well, yeah, you guys are Catholic. We're pri- we don't even do that. We have con- confirmation is pretty good because you you all do it at the same time too. It's different. It doesn't have the. Um, the sort of like individual celebration that like a bar mitzvah has, yeah. Um, but it is like a group thing right. where you get together with all the thirteen year olds and you and you basically suffer through the fact that like you don't believe this stuff, um, yeah. but you're going to do it anyways. And guess what? You're going to do it for. You're probably going to do it for your mom. Yeah, because it means a lot to your mom. And then later in life, you're like. Shit, it means something now. Why does it mean so? How does it mean something? And it does mean something to you sometimes. Like you're you're blowing it off. You're you're you're, you have a boner in church when it's happening. You don't care most of the time. And then all of a sudden you're up on the altar, and then you have a moment. Yeah. And you're 13 years old, and you're like, did something just happen? Yeah. Like some spirit come into me, and you wonder, and there's mystery, and there's stuff there. Yeah. That stuff's beautiful. I mean, and even your change of opinion on it. Is yeah. helping you, this Jay, yeah. transition into further adulthood. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a marker in time. Yeah, it is. Remember my bar mitzvah? Oh my God. Yeah. Like there's photographs, sure, but you get candles and some smelly stuff involved. <laughs> and you had to sing. Yes, the, you had the, to sing songs. The ritual is designed to be memorable. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is memorable. And like, I remember my grandparents came and I was like, God, they have to come all the way to do this thing and they have to stand there. And I don't, I didn't want them. I don't want, I don't want to like belabor. I don't want to force people to church more than they already have right. to go to church. Extra church. Extra church. The only church. thing worse than church is extra church. <laughs> and they come to church and you know what? 
I saw them differently after that. They were there for me. Right. And we all sort of, I mean, everyone in my family uh, was sort of like, would we have to do this shit? Yeah. I had to do this shit. But we all go through it together. And then, and then what happens? You tell funny stories about it. Right. You talk about that lady whose slip was hanging out the whole time. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, 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 my right. dad and I got the giggles at my brother's confirmation so hard that like he was having stomach cramps. Your dad? Like my dad and I. And it was <laughs> so embarrassing for my mom. And she had to kick us out of the church. And that's like our favorite story to tell now. Of course it is. It's so great. Of it's course it so is. great. I wonder if show business... Because I get fulfillment out of show business. I, yeah. I think you do, too. I do. I wonder, it just occurred to me while we were talking, I was like, the first time I do Conan mm. is a little bit like a confirmation. Oh, dude. It's a little bit like a showbiz bar mitzvah. Oh, I, did, I didn't want to admit it to myself. Yeah. But the first time we went on Conan, <laughs> I, it was, I was like, I'm in Conan land. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Conan when I was growing up and just being like, I don't think I could ever handle it if I get on Conan. Wow. And then I, my, I was on Conan with my, we went on all the, sh- I've been on this, all the shows with my brother. But then when Transparent happened and I went on Conan went on by alone? myself. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. I think I might have botched it because I was like preparing so much material. Oh, please. I was sure over was preparing material. It was insane. It was like this, it was like a Monday night after the Oscars. I'm sure it was like, the only slot I would ever get into Conan, you know, by myself. Yeah. But it was a huge deal. Yeah. It was such a huge deal. I wonder if that's scratching that itch. Like, we almost have to make our own, even if you're, I keep going to bakery, I must want a sweet. Yeah. But it's like, even if you're a baker, the first time you're, I'm making this up, head baker, or you get the cake yeah. that's in the window. Like, we need these things that mark the passage of time. Obviously, babies are these things, but personal milestones. Yes. Your inner growth as an artist was celebrated yeah. nationally and maybe yeah. globally. You know, I'm watching him in Haiti. People watch it in Haiti. So oh, yeah. people saw it in Haiti, potentially, uh, was marked by you going on Conan. And I mean, when I was a kid, I would watch Conan and I would, I would almost get butterflies because I kind of like, and I didn't have any confidence that I would be a successful person in entertainment, but I would watch it. It's almost like I knew I would be on Conan one That's day. so funny. You know that thing? Oh, I knew. You know. Absolutely. I said it on stage once. I remember I was just like, I, w- I was on stage and I was just like, I just want to be 30 and be on Conan. Yeah. And I was like 25 doing stand-up. I was just like, and I did Conan when I was 31. I always joke yes. that my divorce ate a year. <laughs> I would have been right on yeah, schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. But then even my father, my mother, they understand it a little bit more. Like you're written up in the newspaper or something. Like yeah. I was just in the Globe. Yeah. And my parents read that. They're starting to, it's like a wedding. Will yeah. you acknowledge the inner work? that I've done, that you've done. Yes. Your film goes to Sundance. Do you see? That's a ceremony. Yeah, it is I was a just ceremony. thinking, I was falling asleep the other day, and I was like, what would I say if I won a Golden Globe? And I, I don't think I would really say this. But I was like, if we're doing anything, because mm-hmm. it's all, everything's made up. Yeah. We're all adding value to everything. If we're doing anything, we're celebrating the fact that we followed a calling. Yes. And everyone should be celebrated for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, that's really what should be going on here, is everyone in the room. Yeah heard a voice, answered the call. We answered the call and we're here. And that's great. Yeah. But that's, that's especially true for teachers and doctors yeah. and EMTs and whatever it might be. Yeah. But like, let's celebrate that instead of, aren't I, aren't I cool the way that I smoked on camera? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's such a, it's such a qualitatively different way of celebrating than 
even like winning a Golden Globe because Transparent, we won the Golden Globe like oh, the first yeah. year yeah. that we were out. And I and I have to say from experience that like you do get a little of that. Well, are we going to win next year? And are we going to win an Emmy? Or when are we going to win an Emmy? Because That's you're getting Cartoli. out of what's that? That's at Cartoli. It's yeah. like you think when I get a house. When I pay off my house, I won't worry anymore. Yeah. No, you worry about losing the house. Now you worry about it. There's always something to worry Where about. Where are you going? Yeah. You just shift your concern from one. It's a game. It's a game. It's, a, it's an illusion. Yeah. Good segue. What do you, I have a feeling we believe similar things, but who cares? I'm going to try my best to be quiet because I've noticed, I'm giving myself the note. We talk about the meaning of life at the end. We've talked about it a lot, so don't feel like we have to go yeah. on and on and on. Um, but if you don't want to. Uh, I'm not going to interject too much. I get excited. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think life is? What What is going on here? You can talk about how you were raised. Obviously, you were Catholic. W- w- the falling away from that and then maybe the finding of what you believe now. What do I believe or what do I think the meaning of life is? Yeah, let's go with the second one. The second one. Uh, I take that from my grandmother, June, who a couple of months before June. she died... Oh, yo, June. Uh, she said very casually at Christmas as we were leaving, but I knew something was behind it. She didn't. I didn't know she was dying, but she did. And she and she gave me a hug, gave me a kiss, and she said. Uh, and there was like a couple of people around us, and she said, "Y'all enjoy your life now." You hear me? Ugh. And that was it. And that's my mantra now: is joy. Is just like it, I think life is meant to be enjoyed, um, and that involves the suffering as well. It's meant to be experienced that, but I think for me in particular, I sometimes like dwell in the suffering. (laughs) So I think just finding joy and creating joy. Um, and, um, there's another quote from Jesus of Nazareth, um, who, that I actually use in togetherness. Um, and it, what's that <laughs> to your son I, I don't use it to my son and together so it's between two friends but it's a sort of another mantra that i have which is um uh and i'm gonna get the quote wrong and it's 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 from the gospel of thomas which most people don't even regard but it's straight sayings from the person that lived two thousand years ago and it's it goes something like this um is that the story of the gospel of thomas it was written more close to the time of christ it was more close and it was really? probably written by the apostle of thomas it was really? by the apostle yeah, as thomas. opposed to matthew mark luke john 150 years. 150 years later thomas and, was closer yes and, i love me some gospel of and thomas. thomas was not edited by no church it was not it was not churchified so I'll send you the book that's the best one that gets straight to the sayings of, of What's it called? Jesus of Nazareth. I don't even know the name of it. It's more of an academic text, but okay. it's great. But the best one for me in there and sort of the mantra for my life is um, um, within a man, and that's like men and women, within a man there is light. If he, if he, lets, that light, um, if he lets that light shine... God, I'm doing it wrong. Within a man, there is light. If he lets the light shine, um, he will live. But if he doesn't let it shine, he lives in darkness. Hmm. So what it is is essentially like we all have the gift of light and joy. And our the mechanism, and this is everything we've been talking about, it, is like how do you handle yourself so that you can let the most amount of light shine how Mm -hmm. do you be a conduit for that light and that energy and it really is up to us and that's free will and that is the choices that we have to shine the light 
or to to hide it and create darkness and mm. and so i that's like the mechanism by which i try to remind myself to live i love that i'm sure you know the other gospel of thomas one which is a joseph campbell favorite where he goes the kingdom of heaven will not come by expectation yes they won't say see here see there the kingdom of heaven yes. is among us and men do not see it yes. so this is the another idea it's very mystical yes that the kingdom of heaven presents eternity yeah. Not later, not heaven not later. Eternity here. right here and now. Yes. And we do not see it. This is what I'm talking about with sin. There's something impeding your vision. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something exciting like murder. It's just like there's a lie you're telling yourself mm-hmm. that's keeping you one, as Ramdas would say, one thought away from the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I think psychedelics, obviously Val just had a bad experience with psychedelics, so I want to be careful. <laughs> yeah. You need to do them uh, appropriately and rarely yeah. is the lesson that And you can learning. do it without them. You yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's what Val said. She was like, I now understand uh, going without them and trying to do this without them. Yeah. Um, and that was maybe part of the lesson. But it's yes. like some, my psychedelic experiences have been those moments where you're just like, you're not one thought away. You're just, you're just the sugar right dissolved in the iced tea. You've been stirred in. Yes. And you're right there. And I love that. Um, the other things, and I wrote these down instead of interrupting you. What am I, Larry King? <laughs> Maharaji, uh, Ramdas's guru, said, enjoy everything. I yes. love that one. Enjoy, enjoy everything. everything. And when I was puking with yeah. food, food poisoning, I thought, enjoy everything. And brother, it worked. Really? I was like, I wasn't vertigo land. You I was could avoid vomiting. puking though? You could enjoy puking? I was enjoying it. I was kind of like, now it sounds like I'm bragging. Yeah. There was part, and Dane Cook actually has a bit, so I know I'm not alone in this. He has a bit about how when you're puking, there's a part of you that thinks it's awesome. And he's yeah. like, because your body is doing something incredible. Yeah, and it's, with, it's beyond your will. It's beyond your will. Yeah. It's overriding. Something is overriding. Yeah. That is awesome. Like the deepest wisdom of your body is like, whatever's in here is going to come up, and I don't give a fuck what this dude says or thinks. And it <laughs> kind of took suggestion, because I was doing a show. I was like, wait till the show's over. Then I was like, wait till this cab ride's over. Wait till I get to the hotel. And it did. It was like, we'll negotiate. <laughs> but in the end, we're getting what we want. It was <laughs> like working a- with the union. Wow. <laughs> and then I yelled. Act and I go enjoy everything. And I'm, you know, when you're crying, you're you're crying. When you're puking, you're crying. Yeah, your nose sweating. is running. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah. The floor of the bathroom doesn't seem gross at all anymore. It's your friend because it's yeah. cool. And I'm yakking, and I'm like, this is amazing. Dane Cook's line is, "I'm a puke breathing dragon right now." <laughs> it's a great. It's a great line. Yeah. And the other thing that I wrote down is, um, it's a roomy poem. Where he goes, uh, it, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He's like, we're in this beautiful orchard, and we could spend our time wondering why and where it came from and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Or we could just pick some fruit and enjoy the enjoy orchard. Enjoy the fruit. So even though if, if it's something to be guilty of, no one's more guilty. Well, I'm in the top percentile of people wanting to talk about what's going on. I like to think about stuff. That's my enjoyment. That's how I enjoy it, though. That's yeah. my enjoyment. Yeah. I love thinking about stuff. Of course. It's like I movies. love looking you out the window, like... thinking about shit. Yes. But I want to know what went into decisions and stuff. So what about death? How do you feel about that? I'm scared to death of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm scared yeah. to death of death. Yeah, I like, death. I like living. Um, I... Um, I... I do believe that energy lives on and I have I've had experiences with dead friends. Deal with it right now yes. on the air. <laughs> yes. What do you mean? Um 
Well, obviously, I don't have to say this. You don't have to say anything. Yeah, one of them with. I'm not ready to talk about yet. That's okay. I can you I'll, give us a, a, a I can a give hint? you yes. If I tell the story, it, I will cry and it will be very intense. Um, and I haven't talked about it publicly yet, but I am just starting to talk about it more with friends and loved ones. But when I was 18, one of my best friends killed himself and, um, he made amends with me after in a very direct way, extremely direct way. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need it for the show. I need it for me. Okay, I can't, I'm not ready to describe the experience, but what I will tell you is that, um, you know, it was like the hardest thing I'd ever dealt with in my life, and there's a yeah. lot of best friend. guilt. Not my best friend, but, but one of my best friends, you know, the in the 10, in the 10. I'm turning it into a myth. Your best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 10. In the 10. Um, and um, he visited me, and um, it, and then- um, Dream? Um, Am I allowed to not guess? a dream. Not a dream. Not a dream. Like and this. A different state from this. Wow. If dreaming is a one and regular life is a ten, yeah. this was a twenty. Oh, it was a higher for It was a heightened. Me and my friends call it two twenty. Like uh most electrical outlets are David Nickturn, he's a yeah. great Buddhist teacher. He talks about two twenty. Yeah. He's like sometimes you're just on that higher level and it wasn't drugs or anything like that it was real life and it wasn't voluntary on my part and it wasn't invited it was um it was scary you were overcome yeah i was overcome and um you know i sort of ignored it like an 18 year old would i didn't tell anyone and um six months later i ended up seeing my friend's mom i was buying it was our senior year i was buying my girlfriend a corsage for the final senior dance and i'm walking out of this flower shop and his mother was getting out of a car and we exchanged pleasantries she was checking how i was doing she was pretty good which was weird and um she was asking where I was going to college and we were finishing up a talk and we were about to leave like we normally would and then she put her hand on my arm and she said did he come to you oh my god and i like tears poured out of me and i realized that um he had come in this very direct way to everyone that was really close to him and i've only it's weird that it's coming up now because i've only in the last year um, started to really think about that experience and what it means and what it was. Um, and to acknowledge, I never talked about it because I, I I didn't want to have to argue with anybody about it or I didn't want to give anybody the opportunity to disavow it. Cause it's special. Cause it's special and so sacred to me, but also I now, don't have any reservations about it like i know what it was Mm. i'm still not interested in arguing with anybody about it or or that's a ramdas thing because i don't debate it's not a debate in the way it's not a debate at all it's um it's just something that i know that i guess i was and i also don't want to make people 
feel bad for not experiencing something like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just well, but there's a certain type of jealousy that you're there like, can be a jealousy depending on who you're talking to, yeah. and I I have no designs on it at all. But I do know that um, I am at a time in my life where it's time to embrace it and to share it a little bit. So sh- this is, is it, the first time oh, I've shared it publicly. I'm honored. Then, but yeah, it's um, it didn't did it? Well, did it, it wasn't finished. What you're saying? Sorry. No, you go. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm so in the moment, dude. I'm I, great. I love that. But it didn't. What effect did it have on you emotionally? I'm not digging for more details. Let's respect that. But um, you know, it didn't have that much of. I mean, it sounds like that would make you fear death less. You'd be like, it well, did. Okay. It did make me fear death less. I think in the moment. It helped me not think that I was crazy because it was such the mom, uh, the mom experience. Yeah. yeah, the the affirmation made me feel like I wasn't crazy because I think I had thought I never thought, oh, I was dreaming or that didn't happen. I did have some thoughts of like, was I having a psychotic break because my friend killed himself? Yeah, you know what I mean. Do you, have you heard Ramdas sometimes talks about this? He's like, I started writing these books. And I get these letters from people that are like, oh, I, I've been living in this reality you describe, and I just thought I was insane. Yes. Like, I haven't been telling people yeah. the things that happened to me, the experiences like you're describing. Yeah. Serendipities, weird jumping to 220 for no reason. Yeah. Really seeing a tree all of a sudden. Yes. Like seeing a tree. See, yes. <laughs> I think that that helped with that moment. I was like, okay, yeah. Because, like... His, you know, his brothers and sisters and his cousins and stuff, like, they had all experienced this thing. Um, so that helped me. And then, but then I just went to college and just, like, went about my life uh, for a while. But every once in a while, it would come up. Um, and I will say this, like, I don't have the normal troubles with death that most people do. (laughs) I mean, in a weird way, I don't. Like, I've been around dying people a lot, and my actual best friend died when we were 25, and I weirdly was okay with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course I cried my eyes out and had a rough year, you know what I mean? But, like, my other friends were really, I mean, you know, just still... Yeah, still. That reminds me when Tim Leary, obviously Ram Dass's friend, died. Yeah. They asked him, "How do you feel?" And he goes, "I thought about it. And I'm fine. <laughs> I feel fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of that, like equanimity. There's it's equanimity not to the it. Absence of grief. It's just kind of like a little bit of seeing. No, it's just that I understand it, and that you know, I mean, it was more harder. It was more hard. W- worrying about his parents and his sister and well you, you actually know. said that about your own fear of death you were like i i love living that's different from going i'm afraid of yeah, yeah. dying specifically yeah i'm mostly just afraid of the pain right. i don't like pain very much that's um, funny that's what val uh val went and saw the same hypnotherapist as me and val was i hope she doesn't i'll i'll make sure she doesn't mind she was talking about fear of death and and yeah. just kind of i think in the pre hypnosis chat yeah. she's like you know when i deal with people that are afraid of dying I have them follow it through. Yeah. Meaning, like, what do you mean? Are you afraid of yeah, what is, what being is, nothing? Are you afraid of the pain? Yeah. And she says most of the time it's people are afraid of pain. Yeah, I think it's the pain. Um, but I think that is also something that if you soften to it, you can – because I think people, like, in Western culture, we fight things. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. fight 
everything. We resist everything. Well, death is a failure. So and don't fail. Don't be a, a loser. Don't lose right, your don't life. Right, don't lose. Yeah, fight it. As opposed think, to, and they say, drop the body. It's like, I'm just, even that sounds like a success. It's like, yeah. he's moved on from that shell. Yeah. And the crab moves on. Yeah, and I think there are ways to do it. I mean, I'm, I haven't been there yet, but like, I think, I think we have a lot more choice in all the things that we do and suffer and enjoy and that's what I'm interested in practicing now is that practice of yeah. like how do I how do I choose and work with what's happening and accept what mm-hmm. is now. You know? Well that's another Ramdas thing about death is he says you get what you expect, which is actually I believe a Buddhist idea. Uh, They'll put up like this uh a painting of the gar like some I think it's called the Garden of Buddha or something like that. Yeah. It's just this peaceful garden mountain scene that you're supposed to look yeah. at to focus on equanimity, on peace. It's like this visualization wow. of the thought you're supposed to be holding in your thought, in your in your heart at the moment of passing. That's this kind of like, wow. that's the, how seriously they take you, get what you expect. Yeah. Um, I remember I asked, again, same trip. I, I was, no, a different trip. I was in a car with Deepak Chopra and I, I was like, Jed Apatow, who produces my show, is my friend. I was like, he's afraid of becoming it. He's like, I don't want to be irrelevant. I don't want to die and come back a toad. Yeah. And Deepak goes, then he will come back a toad. Wow. And he's like, you attract what you resist. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So you get what you expect. Did you so, call Judd No, I recorded, I recorded the conversation. <laughs> I recorded it and sent it to him. Bro. I was like, sorry, Deepak <laughs> says you're a toad. Yeah. And Judd was like, I'm fine with it. Uh, <laughs> he was cool with it. Um, but the, one of the ways I just think you might enjoy this, I take, I take me and Mark talked about this. I saw on a infrared sauna and then I take a cold shower and mm-hmm. it just gets you high. It's a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. So when you cut the water on, it's cold. It's obviously unpleasant. It's a little, I'm not saying it's like dying, Yeah, but it's this thing you don't want. Yes. So I say out loud, I cut the water on and as you hear it creaking up the pipe, Mm. I say out loud, I go, I expect joy. And it hits me. You know what I'm saying? It's just oh, this little wow. practice of going, yes. literally practicing, practicing going, I don't want this cold water. I, and I'm yeah. giving speech. I'm going, I expect joy. And I'm telling you, I'm, I don't love it always, yeah. but I'm a little bit leaning more towards wow. an invigorating, pleasant feeling. And do you get better at it? I do, you, you do, you're you progressing. Are, I also just think that might be physiological that you get used to the feeling, yeah. but it, uh, who cares? I'll who take cares? It, I'll take it however I can. I think that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a similar thing when I go to the dentist. Like, I had a lot of shitty dental work done this fall and it was just like stuff wasn't working out and I kept having to go back and go back and go back and I was really getting down on it like really pissed about it and kind of getting pissed at my dentist is like does he really know what he's doing all this stuff you know yeah and then I just had a quick thought and I was just like how can I turn this just a little bit? And then I was like, oh, yeah, 100 years ago, no Nova came. Uh, All these visits involve a straight jacket and a bottle of whiskey. Uh, uh, Do you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, when he was sticking me with that needle, I was like, thank God for this needle. Yeah. These needles. And it hurts when they're, I, I'm, sure. you know, like, I don't know. I'm one of those people that's hard to get me numb. Yeah. So they just got to needle me to death back there. And I was just dreading it and freaking out about it. And I was like, these needles are the greatest thing. This dentist, yeah. modern dentistry is the, I know it feels like you the worst thing in the world. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now it's yeah. terrible grace. A polo mallet <laughs> in the head and then on your face. But yeah. you said, I think that the big take, there's a lot of great takeaways here, but like post flu enlightenment, post flu, you had post, 
PFE. <laughs> yeah, PFE. <laughs> you had some PFE, bro. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? Well, I, I'd be remiss. How are you on time? We've, we've... Uh, I have a dental appointment um, oh, coming up. At, I'm so sorry. At noon. Yeah. I, you know what I have? It's a good thing. Neurofeedback. Have you ever heard of Ooh, it? Ooh, I've heard of it, but I've never done it. There's a, there's a place not far from here. Oh. I'll, I'll give, give them your, uh, if you want. I would love. Helps the brain. I love that. Helps, Helps the... you retrain. It's like, medita- it's like meditation with, uh, with things sticking to your forehead. It's fun. I love that. I really like it. And, and you, know what's, you know how I can tell it works? This is going to make you laugh probably. After we do it, Val and I always listen to – we just had Wale. You know Wale? Mm-hmm. He's a rapper. Had him on the show. Uh, now we listen to Wale every time because I have the calmness to listen to big music. Uh, I usually listen to very calm music. Yes. But we leave and I'm so chill. You're so chill that you can, you can – you have an open channel for big music. And we bump it. That's great. And we, and we drive and we're just like, this is fucking amazing. Yes. Because there's an openness and a receptiveness. It's really yeah. nice. Any hoozle. Hoozle. Um, let we me, did it. Let me, let me give you a couple quick ones. Yeah. Because we didn't even talk to you as an artist. I love your acting. I think you're Thanks, phenomenal. Buddy. Real quick. We'll call this the speed round. Yeah, speed round. And it's, it's not the pressure round. I'm still here yeah. with you. But just one thing, one piece of advice you've gotten or, or a piece of advice you have for the following areas. We could start with like writing. I love the, I love the movies. Okay, writing. Um, go fast. Go very, 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 very fast. Really? Get yeah. out of your own way by get going it, fast? Get it out of your way. Yeah, really? yeah. Yeah, don't, don't, because the inner critic will destroy. Don't let your inner critic. I, the best way to say it is, is like, just, just make a piece of shit. Yeah. Your job with the first draft of a script is make a piece of shit, and then you can mold it into chocolate cake. Right. You can actually replace the whole piece of shit with a chocolate cake later. Yeah. But you have to get the shit out first. So that's my biggest advice. I and I that. still I have to follow it myself all the time. It's very hard for me. Steve Martin, the subconscious writes, the conscious edits. Yes. I think that's brilliant. That's great. And somebody recently wrote me, they loved something in Crashing, and they were like, I love, I died laughing, and I was like, I wrote that so quickly, yeah. and that's not to say thoughtlessly, but maybe thoughtlessly, but yeah. in a good way, yeah. that I was like, I'm so glad I stepped out of the way for that car to pass. Yeah, because other things wrote that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unseen forces. Fucking A. Yeah. Uh, acting? Uh, don't don't, do, don't th- give me no baloney, because you're a great actor. Your brother was like, I don't know anything about acting. Uh, don't do anything. That's uh, so funny. Don't do anything. I mean, you said something in an interview where you said it's not your responsibility to be good; it's your responsibility to be real. To be real, yeah. I tell that to my actors is I'm just like, okay. I mean, you got to do all your preparations. You know, um, it's easy to do nothing on transparent because the the world is so rich and the character is so strong, and I just sort of meditate on him. And I move all my being towards him, and then when I show up at Paramount, then I let go and I just let things happen to him, and I let his at, his behavior and his words unfold. But I, I think that's at least what I want to see in acting, and that's when I feel like um, the most free. And what peop- when people are excited about what I'm doing on set, it's usually when I'm really have let go mm. of trying to do something or trying to be someone granted if the character is trying really hard to be something that's a different story but i think um just that relaxed state uh, and trust and like willingness to fall on your face 
Um, the, f- the farther you're willing to fall, the higher. I mean, it's a direct relationship. I think it's one to one. You have to be willing to fall really far if you want to soar high. And I don't know. I don't. I'm not saying that I think that um, I'm like a great actor or anything. I just, I just know that's when. I'm at the most joyful place. But I also, look, I'm really lucky. My first acting job was transparent. And I'm in a room with Gabby Hoffman and Amy Landecker and Judith Light and Jeffrey Tambor. I mean, they're just on playing at such a high level that you have to let go. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you're gonna. It's not gonna be good. Mm-hmm. You know, you really have to let. So it elevates. It's it like elevates the game. Tennis with a better part. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. I, everybody says a lot of the actors. I say. I think Mark said something similar. It's like do less, and that's do and less. Even though what no one explained to me, no one could. I don't think is. It's embar- It's a, like you have to take these risks. And anytime I'm watching, it's counterintuitive. My own acting, and I'm like, that's really good. And I was like, yeah, but you should have seen the take before, where like the same instinct led to everyone feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, whoops. Yeah. I guess this show sucks. It's weird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. It's the worst feeling. And it's up to you. It's up to you. That's what I mean. Like these these yeah. great actors, your Pacinos or I don't know who, De Niro's or yeah. Meryl Streep's, they're take they're not embarrassed to fail. That's no. what is incredible. No, they allow the failure. They, they allow lie. all of it. They stare it down and then they yeah. ease into something that looks yeah. effortless. I mean, that's why actors can be touchy and stuff is because they're in a really intense, vulnerable state. I know. You know? I had someone, I, I think I've told this story before. It was the first, the pilot of my show. Obviously, it's a pilot. You really want it to be great. Obviously, you want every episode to be great, but it's your first time yeah. doing it. Pilot determines whether you get to do the show. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's the big breakup scene with my wife. And by the way, similar scenes in Landline, you and Jenny having sex. And I'm saying this as a compliment. Yeah. I love the way you guys did it. Gillian directed a couple episodes of Crashing. Yeah. And we talked about how she's like, say pussy, say pussy. Yeah. We did the touch my asshole version <laughs> with the guy. So yeah. we, we're like screen yeah. brothers. Well, yes. I'm the guy that's <laughs> yeah. being cheated on who doesn't know yeah. who has the girl. Because that's a real thing. The, the, the do I really want to be cheating on this guy sex. Yes. Any who's all. Uh, risky, scary. Um, it sounds like you kind of touched on it, but directing? Um, directing is say less. Uh, I mean, I have a policy where I never direct the first take. Um, that's my biggest trick as a director is, is basically um, every actor has been practicing this forever. And so I think it's very important to let them come and express what they've come to express. Right. And, and they're very intelligent people, and you honor that intelligence and that preparation by basically just letting them do what they came to do. Right. And the other valuable part about – so there's so much value in it beyond just honoring another human being. They can surprise the fuck out of you, and you could have ruined it by directing it. Yeah. And they could give you so much more than you ever imagined, and that happens all the time. If you need to go 180 degrees in the other direction, what I've learned is it's way easier if they've been seen and heard. Uh, If they've come and they've had a chance to express what they prepared and you say, hey, I love that. But you know what? Within the context of the story and the way I'm seeing it and the way I'm going – we got to do something completely different. That's right. Then they're so much more pliable. Right. Because they're – and you don't embarrass them and you don't you shame don't embarrass them, them at yeah. all no it's just like it's just like it has to be a different thing for the external for the architecture to work or whatever right, it right, is that needs right. it to work and it really disobligates them and it just they've 
their soul has been expressed and now they can move on. Right. But if you if you over direct them without letting them express their stuff, they're still holding on to a bunch yeah. of shit. Yeah, and then yeah. the, the the stuff gets confused. Right. So that is my biggest I think asset as a director. And then the other one was told to us by Greta Gerwig. We made an independent film with her a long time ago. Paper bag? Uh baghead. Baghead. I call and it paper she, bag. And, you know, I blank on togetherness and I call it paper bag. <laughs> paper bag. Leave me alone. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm mad at you. Leave um, me alone. So Greta said we direct with the compliment sandwich. And I think that's just important for actors. You know, we'll be like that. She'll, she's like, I pro-, she's like, okay, so I did a take and it was shit. And everybody knew it was shit. And the Duplass brothers come in. They're like, that was amazing. That was incredible. I love what you did. And we're real specific about the things we did love. And we'll say, what we want to do is this. So we're going to shift it a little this way. So we put the meat in the middle. And we said, but we love everything you're doing. And you're you incredible. Close. And you close with a compliment. I'm a, a communications major. That's actually a theory. Oh, really? Yeah. I, it's like the... I don't know. Forget what it was called. Is it called sandwich. compliment sandwich? No, but I've, <laughs> I've also heard in stand-up you do. John Roy, my friend, said you do a shit sandwich, which means open strong, do your new stuff, close strong. Yes, yeah. that makes total sense. It's 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 totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, loving Gerwig, by the way. Gurry, great Gergie. moment, crushing it, crushing it. Ladybird, first movie out. Not really though. What do you mean? Greta's been like co-creating her movies along the way you, you know? get that sense yes you can't be that consistently that yes without bringing something to yeah, it as yeah. a producer you know you see jenny slate's a producer on landline yes. you know what i mean you're like yeah yeah i don't think people know i spent my i've said this a million times you spend your whole life thinking producers are money yeah oh i guess jenny kicked in some money no no she was involved She's involved. She's riffing. She's, She's invested. Involved. And when Gillian did Crashing, we rewrote a scene 10 minutes before. We went and mm. ate French fries and we rewrote a scene because she was like, I don't like... That's, that's above and beyond what people think directing is. That's yeah. what, above and beyond all oh, of that. That's so good. Um, family? Family. Hmm. Working through it right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> spooning. Um, yeah, more spooning. <laughs> Talk less. Um, All three have been talk less, by the way. Yeah, talk less. Do less. Do yeah. Allow uh, more. Allow more. Um, yeah, I think just create time and space, you know, to be That's together great. and to like, you know, just be fleshy human beings flopping all over each other in a house. It's a great moment in Landline when Taturo, she, he says, I, "I, I'm not two great compliments about the scene." He goes. I'm not going to leave this family. Mm. And she goes, you keep saying that. What does that even mean? I love that you don't see him say it in yes. other scenes. Yes. It's almost like the richness you expect oh, from I a book. I love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we didn't see it. No. I, now it's going to sound self-serving. We actually did it in Crashing where it's like the second day Pete says to Allie, he goes, um, she goes, I told you I don't take comics. And I say, yeah, but but you never saw it? Yes. I just love that device. I, oh, it's, well, that's the best in movies and in TV when you can indicate past life. It's, it's like creates yes. so much value there. You're like, oh, yeah, that date went for hours after we yeah, left yeah. them. It didn't just – we cut to the And if you scene, invoke it just a little bit, all of a sudden you have value richness, added. Richness. Richness. Yeah. Good stuff. He says, <laughs> we're just love fest. I love it. He goes, I'm not going to leave this family. What does that mean? And he goes, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. That to me is oh. the last – Beautiful. That we all, I, you know how excited I would be if my dad was like, "I'm just making this up, Peter. I don't fucking yeah, know." Yeah. They had to be the Mount Rushmore parents. Yes. They were like, yeah. there was, they had an anthem and a flag. 
Yeah. It was all baloney. It's all baloney. Beautiful. Um, and because we get a little deep, we talked about death, and you opened up so beautifully. Thank you. We close with a light question. Mm. Thank you, by the way. I don't think I have to tell you. This has been wonderful. This has been... We went to church today. We went to church today? Yeah. Can I tell you great Ramdas? Ramdas has people for private retreats, and somebody I met went to see him. Mm -hmm. And basically, they just kind of do what we're doing. They don't talk deep, but they just be together. Yeah. There's a lot of gazing, staring, silence. (laughs) And they're trying to get Ramdas, who's quite old and post-stroke, and... They're trying to get him to go to breakfast, and the guy's like, shouldn't you go to breakfast? And Ramdas goes, this is breakfast. Oh, right? That is breakfast. Yeah, I'm not it's hungry. Breakfast. I'm not hungry. Uh, I'm not hungry. I'm full. Yeah. I hope people listening are full. By the way, when you're rummaging for chocolate, yeah. it's because you're dysregulated and you need human emotional contact. Fucking A. But chocolate's good, too. You can have that, too. But it's great, to- But if you share the chocolate with another human being, you'll probably eat less. Love is something if you give it away. Okay. Um, <laughs> Can you tell me the hardest time you laughed in your life? It doesn't have to be a good story. The hardest time I laughed in my <laughs> life. He knows. Hands down. There's two, and they achieved equal height. Yes. Early teenager, I was on a vacation with my family in Florida, and we went to see Coming to America hmm. in a black movie theater. <laughs> yes! And... Um, the whole movie, we were laughing the whole time, but when the old black, when, when the ladies got off of the couch and the jerry curl was left stained on the couch, (laughs) some guy behind me screamed, they got the juice, they got the juice, and we laughed so hard. I mean, the whole movie theater was, it was like so loud in there. It was the best viewing experience of of my really? life. And then at Christmas in 1994, I believe, Mark and I saw um, Dumb and Dumber in a movie theater. And we laughed and cried so hard. I, I mean, it. I just couldn't. I, it, that was another. But both of those happened in a movie theater, and that's why I'm making movies. I love it. Fantastic. We ate sand. We ate, we ate sand. sand. <laughs> I was too young to watch that movie, but yeah. I watched it so many times. You just kept growing as you grew i know yeah i I remember being scared of john goodman like he's frightening oh yeah wielded power man he's a big he's an ox yeah brother this was a this was amazing thank you thank you would you say keep it crispy it's how we end the guest says this is jay duplass keep it crispy (laughs) (laughs) we did Now leaving Nerdist.com.